0: time machine out of a DeLorean? We came, we saw, we kicked its ass!
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host Matt Bledsoe and this week we are talking about Garden State from 2004. Uh, to help me talk about it, I'm happy joined once again by host a cult movies podcast uh, and he's also a regular contributor to f this movie it's anthony king anthony how you doing i'm great matt how are you <laughs> i'm good i'm excited to talk about this movie and relive a lot of nostalgic feelings uh, that i have about
0: it <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's gonna be interesting you know i'm 40 years old and uh spoilers i i still love this movie and felt like i was like yeah i, I love these i want to feel these feelings but we'll, we'll get there
1: yeah yeah <laughs> my feelings may be a little more complicated i don't know we'll see <laughs> we, we'll see um but uh how have you been i feel like it's been a few months since you've been here uh, on this show i know you just wrapped up another season of cult movies yeah we said.
0: uh we just finished out with Lindsay on duck soup which was great and so i'll, I'll take i don't know six ish weeks off and uh you know hop on some other people's shows and then um I'm getting back into Neon Badges and have a a new kind of not goofy, but like I'm going to have fun talking about 80s cop movies. And it's not going to be a regular thing. It'll be just extremely sporadic whenever I feel like. Um, So I got one with James Coddington. Coddington, is that that right? Is that his last name?
1: Yes. That's our friend James
0: Um, (laughs) on Lethal Weapon 2. And then you and Mark are going to come on in February. We're going to talk about Blade Runner, right?
1: Yes, that's. What, I was like, we agreed to that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And so
0: it's that is it's a totally different uh, thing from cult movies. It's um, I I may even do videos, like uh, put videos up on my Patreon. Cause I'm going to be playing like commercials from the year of, you know, the movie, whatever year, uh, that came out in and it's, it's going to be a whole fun (laughs) thing and just, you know, sort of goofy. And, um, anyways, uh, so I got, I got that going on, but, uh, more importantly, just relaxing, not, not having to worry about regular releases of a podcast for a while.
1: Yeah, that's smart. I envy you taking like extended breaks. So (laughs) it's a, it's a good idea. Um, I am I'm excited to be on to talk about Blade Runner on Dion Badges. It's very exciting because I'm a little intimidated to talk about that movie, but I feel good about it with you and Mark. So it should be fun. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah,
0: it's it's gonna be a blast. And what's cool, I've never seen Blade Runner 2049. And oh, I will okay. have seen I I have the Blu-ray, it has the plastic on it. I have to blow the dust off <laughs> off the plastic before I take the plastic off because that's how long I've had it. Um but yeah, it's also you know, doing podcasts other people's or your own is a good excuse to actually watch the movies that you own yes yeah uh because you know (laughs) this as well as anyone that you know you have a a to watch right a uh, proverbial to watch stack yes and I, I I think I I might be in uh the smaller camp here of people who don't take the plastic off until I watch the movie I know Vinny admonishes me for for doing that because he said, you know, what if it got damaged in the mail and you don't get to it, you know, for like three years later, too late, you can't send it back. Right. So that's a good point. But there's a lot of plastic just sitting on my shelf right now. I don't want to have to go through the whole thing. So
1: I do the same thing. I find things unopened all the time. And I'm like, oh, I never unwrap this. Whoops. Right. Uh, it's like, oh, well, time. <laughs> and then I know I've never watched this before, but uh, I'm with you. I, I just do it usually. When i'm about to watch it and i'm like oh i never unwrap this whoops uh right i i i get it uh so well thank you for joining me as soon as your break starts we call it movies to do a guest spot on this show
0: oh my are you kidding me come on I, and I, <laughs> this is no bullshit, Matt. um pardon my language matt's mom but yeah uh,
1: <laughs> it's okay I, it's not a children's podcast sorry right. this <laughs> is
0: my absolute favorite podcast to do and you and and i swear to god that you are my favorite person to talk to because i don't know it's it's just it's so relaxing and i i feel like uh we but also your other guests probably feel the same way about you matt you just make it so easy and fun so i am more than happy to to record with you always and forever
1: well, wow. Thank you. That does mean a lot. And don't tell the others. Well, God, <laughs> I don't want to make anyone feel bad. Uh, right. Someone else just told me recently I make it very easy just to talk because I, who was that? I don't, I feel bad now. I forgot who it was because I mentioned me and Preston talked for three hours about inside, three and a half hours of inside, man. And someone's like, you just do that. You just, people just want to talk. I was exactly. Like, I yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I, uh, I appreciate it because I'm just, <laughs> I've been figuring this out for the past, two years oh god almost yeah
0: well whatever you're doing don't change it and (laughs) and don't start doing anything new because it's working whatever you're not doing that's okay
1: i fear change so nothing will change (laughs) (laughs) it's fine (laughs) I keep doing what i'm doing um uh well i thank you that is very very nice of you i we were we do podcasts with lots of lovely people so that does mean a lot that's like yeah so (laughs) yeah i appreciate it um uh so yeah i mean i guess you know we do speaking of not changing things uh you know we used to talk about things we've seen lately on this show (laughs) did you have a couple things you want to talk about that you've watched lately
0: yeah um one of them uh that i'll start talking about uh was covered extensively on your uh best of 2022 episode and it was Mike Scott's favorite movie. Like, a lot of people love this movie. I finally sat down and watched Ambulance
1: Oh my god! for yeah. the first
0: time today, uh-huh. and it's a movie that I wanted to watch all of last year, but, you know, I, I, I feel like I, uh, towards the end of last year, I I kind of went through, and if you read some of my uh, columns at F this movie, it's me kind of processing my thoughts about watching movies, which... Uh, ultimately doesn't matter. They're, they're movies. We watch them. What the fuck does it matter in life? Uh, nothing really, but they're fun to watch. They're fun to talk about. And so I, you know, I kind of went through this whole thing at the end of last year and f- for many, many years, I've had a stick at my ass about like, don't watch new releases because, you know, you got to watch the classics first and there's so many to catch up on. And And so I always kind of held my nose high about that stuff. So like I only saw maybe 20 22 new movies last year uh most of which were like indie horror movies. And so I I made some silly movie goals for myself this year, one of them being I want to see at least 60 new releases this year, which for me you know is like three times as much as I watched last year, right? So that's a, that's a that's a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um and so uh which my wife is thrilled about because i'm like you want to watch a movie she's like what stupid old movie do we have to watch tonight and i'm like yeah. so you know being like hey honey do you want to sit down and watch you know we watch sick or no i watched that by myself because she wouldn't have watched it but like we've been watching like we watched um the menu and you oh, know, catching up from stuff last year right mm-hmm. um anyways so sat down watch ambulance today Obviously, it's a great freaking movie. Uh, had I seen a bunch of 22 movies and done a list, it, it would have been a really hard decision between Tar and Ambulance. Two entirely different movies. Very
1: different from what uh, I know but, about Tar. Very different movie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: at the top of my list, like because we went and saw Tar and I absolutely loved Tar. It blew, blew me away. But then I saw Ambulance. I'm like, oh my God, this is like, why isn't every movie like Ambulance? Um, so obviously everybody loves ambulance, but what I want to talk about real quick is I don't think people, and maybe they do, maybe I'm just assuming wrong. People take Jake Gyllenhaal seriously enough in that he is, I think, one of our greatest living actors because he's kind of doing the, the Pacino thing where he's just so, unleashed anymore and you don't really know what kind of character you're going to get from Jake Gyllenhaal. And so, you know, I think of like end of watch and I think of ambulance and I think of especially, uh, of course it's leaving my, uh, uh, velvet buzzsaw, which I think everybody is dead wrong about. I think it's a masterpiece. And in 20 years, people will realize that it's a masterpiece, but I think Jake Gyllenhaal is doing something really special in velvet buzzsaw um and then again here in ambulance like he is unhinged and i know people loved ambulance um and and i thought the his brother the black guy i'm i'm looking up what what's his name um Ooh, uh, uh yaya eisenhartine yes har-
1: har- right har- har- pronouncing it yeah <laughs>
0: so i mean in all the performances my god i was just i was blown away but i think <laughs> People don't take Jake Gyllenhaal seriously. They're just like, eh, you know, because he was a pretty boy in his younger days. And, but you look at the performances from his younger days, something like Donnie Darko, and he's fucking crazy in that movie. <laughs> um, and it's, and I think that's a masterpiece as well. Um, so I was just once again, like, like brought into the <laughs> magnetic world of Jake Gyllenhaal when I was watching Ambulance Today. (laughs) Matt, are you a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal? Do you think he's a genius like I think he's a
1: genius? (laughs) I really like Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I really like him. I think he had to go through that phase that Hollywood tries to filter handsome actors through, which is like, you're going to be just a standard leading man when he's got like, I think Pacino's a good preference because like he does all kinds of different roles. And I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal can do all kinds of different things and make it believable even though yeah he like did that prince of persia movie like he does some rom-coms that weren't very good i feel like so they tried to force him into these movies that were like you know like oh you're a handsome leading man go do that kind of stuff and i feel like when he does stuff like nightcrawler which i find oh, yeah. amazing uh velvet buzzsaw which i did not care for but i'm glad you were ch- champion that movie because some every movie needs a cheerleader and Vel buzzsaw i think came out to like a resounding thud to people oh, yeah and you were one of the only people i saw who really enjoyed it so uh, more power to you <laughs> and I, he's doing the weird thing in that movie and ambulance is like on its surface it's like he looks like some cool guy he's got his, but he's kind of got all these weird tics and not like an annoying kind of quirky way but he's got like he brings a weirdness to that character when like other people could just play it very straightforward i feel like he adds another layer to it um See I I think he's a great actor. Like one of our most interesting working actors. He got past the whole like kind of boring leading man phase and like could probably still do it, but I feel like he takes interesting parts too, you know.
0: Exactly. And he, I I feel like, you know, the the last few things I've seen him in um it it kind of seems a little and, and not not in a um method actor like jared leto type of way but like it seems dangerous when you're watching him because you Mm -hmm. don't he you don't know what you're going to get and so like i think ambulance is a perfect example of one of those performances where i I didn't know if he was going to kill the paramedic or not i i honestly didn't know if he was going to survive till the end um and then but then like he'll have these these moments of like zen where oh, he yeah. says something so fucking hysterical that like i mean i have tears welling up in my eyes or or like you know the the moment where he and his brother are singing the uh the uh christopher cross song oh, but then, yeah, yeah. you know bay edits it where we get her perspective too where we don't hear the music and we just hear them wailing <laughs> it's so funny uh but like ambulance is such a sort of all-encompassing of Jake Gyllenhaal performance that we get all, you know, kind of 360 degrees of what he's capable of. Uh, we don't get any uh, Velvet Buzzsaw in there, I don't think, which is, that uh, really stands out because it's such a weird fucking character in that movie. And I love, I love his character in that movie, um, which you're not supposed to, but we're flawed, <laughs> we're all flawed people, Matt. Um, but anyway, so yeah, ambulances, uh so so incredible um i haven't seen all the bays but is it's it's probably my favorite michael bay now the rock was always at the top because i really love the rock um but boy ambulance seems like it's gonna be hard to top you know if you're into Mm -hmm. that big bombastic action stuff. and the other thing is it's a movie that's almost two and a half hours long but within 15 minutes we're in the shit like right
1: yeah yeah. It's, I it's forgot all that action <laughs> I rewatched it and it thought oh my god we get onto the heist so quickly but then the heist is over so quickly then you're in the ambulance on the chase for most of the movie it's an, I forgot about that when I, re- I was like oh it's so interesting the structure um I'm glad you loved ambulance I was I was not sure which way you were gonna go when you said that I was like I don't know he could love it or hate it so I'm glad you loved it <laughs> I know it uh, hey-
0: yeah. And, and, you know, the discord that we're in, uh, you know, most of you are big action fans and you've always talked about action movies. And and I always felt left out because I was like, you know, again, holding my nose up to action. Like, <laughs> oh, poo poo. That's that's for the lower class. And, <laughs> and you know, apologies to everybody because fuck, man, love what you love. And I fucking love action movies. Obviously, I, I had I texted Mike Scott and I was like. I need you to do me a favor, send me a list of 10 action movies that I need to watch. Oh. And he ended up sending over like 22 or 23. And I was
1: like, <laughs> of course, yes. Yeah. If you
0: have more than that, please send them over. And so I've been ticking him off, uh, well, a, a couple so far. So, uh, but anyways, man, this year's going to be full of action, which leads me to my next movie, which I also watched today oh, for the first so. time. I thought I'd seen this before, but I hadn't. It's hard target from oh my free. god
1: yes <laughs> so excited um, okay
0: <laughs> so I, when I was a kid I was a huge uh JCVD fan um and so I I think I kept confusing this with sudden death which I just saw Understandable, the, yeah. the, the beautiful <laughs> blu-ray treatment which is great um but sun death we watched all the time when I was a kid um you know, time cop all, all those they all sort of you know no offense to the filmmakers but sort of blend together um, which is why I thought I had seen hard target. Uh, but one of my movie goals for this year is to have John Wu, <clears throat> excuse me, be my most watched director. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going through a bunch of his, uh, uh, home country stuff, a lot of Hong Kong stuff. And this was the first American, uh, one of his American movies that I watched, uh, so far this year. And, um, I didn't realize like this is where the snake gif is from. Oh yeah, <laughs> punches the rattlesnake. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Jean Claude, you know, is doing Jean Claude. He fucking rules in this. He uses <laughs> a gun a lot, which I love. And <clears throat> uh, and then I I wasn't expecting Lance Henriksen to show up and be the big bad. Uh, <laughs> he was great, of course, but I was so impressed with. Um, Arnold, uh, Vosloo from, uh, the mummy played the, the, you know, the mummy or the, the king, whatever in the mummy. Mm-hmm. he he plays like, uh, Lance Henriksen's right hand man in hard target. And just like, he is so scary in this movie, such a bad, bad guy. And, uh, uh, but anyways, it so fucking cool. And after like yesterday I watched, uh one of his kung fu movies, one of John Wu's Kung Fu movies. It's called uh, Oh Last Hurrah for Chivalry, which mm-hmm. is good. It it's no it's no Shaw Brothers Kung Fu. Um but uh it, it's really cool seeing because you know I like watched Hard Boiled for the first time. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Yes,
1: I remember. Um, I was very excited. <laughs> right. I want and th-
0: that is by far my favorite John Wu. Um, I watched A Better Tomorrow 2 uh yesterday or maybe two uh, last week whenever it was um and so it's really cool seeing him transition over to the states and hard target is you know you're basically watching one of his Hong Kong movies right but just with Jean-Claude Van Damme and the other thing is which which I think is cool is that it takes place in New Orleans which i don't think we have nearly enough movies especially like action movies that take place in new orleans because it's a great setting i right. feel
1: yeah right it's a great location i don't know why more movies aren't set there because there was a good amount of horror movies set down there because it's very you got it's like old and spooky and has a haunted reputation but like it's just a great location in general but yeah they don't shoot enough down there i don't know what uh I don't know. That's weird. They should probably go down there more. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, uh,
0: where's this? I I was looking at this list, and so, you know, you have, like, JFK, of course, Benjamin Button, Cat People, um, but, like, I was specifically looking for action movies, and so you got Hard Times, Walter Hill's first movie, um, uh, this Jamie Foxx movie, which I haven't seen, called Project Power from a couple years ago.
1: Oh, yeah. Netflix movie, I think, that I forgot about until you said it. (laughs)
0: um bullet to the head the sliced alone one oh yeah <laughs> um and then spike lee speaking of spike lee spike lee's old boy but like that's about it for action movies i think set in new orleans um mm-hmm. but yeah like you're saying like lots of drama uh and a few horror movies but other than that you know it's it's a really great great location i feel like and i wonder if it's sort of tough to get permits down there because it's such a touristy place you know yeah. it'd be hard to shut yeah. down bourbon street you know, right so then stuff- it's all
1: about like getting tax breaks from the state and things like that you know where exactly. you go and uh i think the weather is probably a problem down there because you've got to deal with very very humid summers and then there's hurricane season which is super unpredictable and yeah uh, yeah that could be part of it too um I don't know but yeah you're right i it's it's very well used in hard target um it's very well used. say that movie's amazing i mean the punching the snake when he jumps off on the motorcycle and like flips over the car with the guys and it explodes oh, my god uh he like <laughs> he, like unveils his legs like a gunfighter out of his coat like he's like <laughs> you know like i'm gonna kill you with these apparently I, I, there was a story that um van damme didn't want to use the guns as much and like uh john woo had to kind of keep pushing him to use the guns like he'd play i remember like he'd play with the guns a little bit and he put him down i don't want to kick people you know it's like <laughs> kind of my thing <laughs> uh it's probably what he was saying but um if you go way way back in the film feast archives i once said episode 10 or something me and mike did our top five van damme movies and mike put that as his number one oh. i put it as my number two only behind sudden death but i said to somebody le- late last year when i rewatched hard target Kino put out a 4K of Hard Target, and it looks amazing. Yes. It's like one of the best 4Ks I think I've ever seen. Um, and I was like, oh, shit. No, I think Hard Target's my favorite Van Damme movie. <laughs> like, nice. um, still love *Sudden in depth, but But uh, Hard Target's just such a great action movie um, and still feels like a, a John Woo movie. <laughs> like, he really... he, For he sure. Also, Mike told a story about Sam Raimi, like, really protecting John Woo, because Sam Raimi's, like, the producer on Hard Target. And I think okay. the studio was, like kind of trying to interfere like what the fuck is this guy doing And Sam Raimi kind of like protected john woo from a lot of that stuff so um is this his first american movie it's his first american movie yeah oh, okay because he did hard tar- hard boil this confused hard boiled was 92 it was his last like oh Kong and Kong then movie. the next year does hard target interesting yeah. he went out with a friggin' bang for hard boiled.
0: <laughs> like, oh my are you f- well so speaking of that well, something i've noticed with with uh you know like the gun usage in john woo movies especially those like Big shoot 'em up movies, uh, Better Tomorrow, Hard Boiled, Better Tomorrow Too, Hard Target type thing, is that, and and I haven't really noticed this in other movies that when one of his characters uses like a pump shotgun, mm-hmm. where, where you're using shells right that are full of beads or whatever the fuck bullets are full of, like <laughs> you in Hard Boiled, uh, he does it perfectly that uh, when when uh, um uh oh what's king of cool what the hell's uh, chow young fat thank you chow young fat walks into one of the labs and hard-boiled and there's like a a row of guys there his partner takes out two and then with one shot chow young fat blows away the two other guys because the shotgun blast right sprays oh yeah yeah right whereas like you know a a rifle or a, a pistol like just shoots one bullet straight ahead I don't know shit about guns, but I, I know that, that shotgun <laughs> <Me neither>.
1: sprays <laughs> yeah.
0: beads or whatever the hell they are. And he, like John Woo used that. So like one shotgun blast would take out two guys that stood far apart because, you know, the spray. And so I, I was just like, God, the details, like the way this guy's thinking about the bullets and, you know, it, basically, which I, I bet he's thinking. How can we kill more people? Well, we'll use a pump <laughs> shotgun that can spray bullets mm-hmm. type of thing. <laughs> or or oh. it's like M- Michael Bay, you have the remote control car with that giant fucking gun that just you know, spat out a million bullets and like oh, moved yeah, down yeah. all the cops. or or this is so badass. And I'm not a gun guy. I'm not a gun nut. I, guns terrify me but they're really fucking cool movies. That's,
1: that's my stance on them. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's
0: like, same when, way. when, uh, Hall and his brother are at poppies and like, they know they're going to die. And Hall's like, you know, we're in different places. You go left and I go, right. You go left. Why can't we both go left, go left. And then they do that. They have their <laughs> machine guns. And mm-hmm. then like, they just turn and circle and like mow everybody down. Yeah. Like when I think about a machine gun, that's what you would do. Just like fucking mow down everybody. And a lot of times you don't see that in movies, but like Michael Bay and John Wu were like, yeah, that's like a million bullets in, in a minute. Yes. You can kill lots of people. So anyways, uh, again, guns are bad. Don't shoot guns. Don't shoot people, but boy, they're really cool in movies.
1: <laughs> Smoking and guns. Very dangerous in real life. Very cool in movies. Very cinematic. <laughs> Things. You know,
0: I, I I have to be, um, well, I'll say grateful that uh, when I saw Fight Club, uh, not Fight Club. Oh, it was Mel Gibson smoking in a movie uh, in 1996. And I was like, he looks so cool. I'm going to start smoking. <laughs> I started smoking. Thank oh. God I didn't, you know, instead pick up a gun and just start shooting. You know, I, I smoked yeah. instead. So, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Smoking and guns. So cool in movies so bad in real life don't do either don't do guns kids <laughs>
1: it's an important message for our listeners yeah <laughs> those are if those if, i don't have anything else but those are two great picks for especially for talking to me uh yeah like, well I,
0: yeah yeah they're they're curated picks just oh why well, I, I appreciate you man you, <laughs> Thank
1: you those to me uh uh glad you enjoyed both they're both yes. awesome um i forgot so last year you started off watching like john was the killer am i correct about that that was, oh, that like was my movie.
0: very first movie yeah, okay. of the year and i was it like was oh, hard to be hard to beat
1: <laughs> was Hard boiled your first movie of this year, or one of the first?
0: Well, no. <laughs> I was going to say, first I was like,
1: one. I like the tradition of starting the year off with a John Woo movie. That's
0: that should funny. be the way to go. No, I didn't get to Hard boiled till the seventh. I'll tell you, the very first movie I watched in 2023, unfortunately, was <laughs> David Dakota's American Rampage. Oh, I mean, which got vinegar syndrome release. Um, it's really bad. Oh, really, I don't really, really know what
1: that is. That has a vinegar syndrome release.
0: And I watched it because it's an 80s cop movie. And, mm. there's, you know, I, I listen, that's my thing. Love 80s cop movies. There's lots of bad ones and I'm going to come across them. But I was really, really let down because this was the very first movie. Like I pushed play at eight o'clock on January 1st. It was a Saturday morning and I was like, oh, 10 minutes in. I knew this was not going to be good and it just got worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, um the poster looks amazing, but uh, <laughs> exactly right. The
0: poster is like, yeah, this movie looks rad, but it's not rad at all.
1: Those posters can be deceiving. um So, uh and hard boiled for my money, I'm on record. And I'll keep being on record. Best action movie ever made. I, I think. I just think it has. Th- I really, I will stand by that because I think just in the strength alone, it has three amazing set pieces that start the movie, the one in the middle, and the ending. The ending chewed out in the hospital is like fucking incredible like yes. it's just one of the greatest things I've ever seen Um, uh, so yeah I uh, yeah can't talk enough I have like a half recommendation for a John Woo movie <laughs> because I didn't finish it yet I literally last night started watching um, have you heard of uh, bullet in the head is it bullet to the head Jesus I'm gonna uh, be- well I
0: mean it's it's in my watch list now since I'm going to try to watch all the woos or all the woos that
1: are available that one's pretty hard to see I had to go on like eBay and find this kind of janky DVD <laughs> <laughs> uh that i'm not sure how official it is because it it does this thing where it like splices in footage and it's one of those times when it's very obviously spliced in because it's like the quality dips dramatically you know it's like oh, yeah. they, they found the elements but the elements weren't in good shape so it's like, they still spliced it um but it was it's like a two and a half hour long movie and it's a very harrowing movie but uh i can just tell you with like 40 minutes to go uh it's incredible it's really really great um so I know I, how it's going to yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I have it on. Is it in uh this is this this would be one of his Hong Kong movies?
1: Yes, yeah, so this is 1990, so
0: Okay, so it'd be in uh Cantonese probably. Um I go to certain websites. <laughs> it's, it's sometimes uh-huh. subtitles are available, sometimes they're not. This is I don't know if subs are available on this copy, but uh it is on one of one of the websites that I I frequently visit. For movies, mm. movies that you can't like rent anywhere else. Oh yeah, right?
1: it's it's yeah. impossible to see. I finally caved in and bought a like I said a DVD off of eBay. And I'm not sure how official this DVD even is. I'm looking at right. it, going like, who made this? Where did it come from? Um, it's it's not a bad DVD. There's just a weird thing with like the inserts of like I guess there was multiple cuts of this movie. Sure, some stuff got lost. Um, that's a weird. I don't usually do a half recommendation, but I we were talking about John Woo uh bullet in the head is incredible it's like his like take on deer hunter or something you know oh yeah i mean uh, the
0: cast tony lung simon yam mm
1: -hmm. pretty incredible yeah 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 it's it's i mean it is it'd be a great uh i don't say wait this long but i was like this would be a great sad member movie because it is fucking harrowing it is like it is uh exhaustingly um it's just rough but it's very it's great so far i'm after we've been done i'm gonna go finish watching it but um uh, as far as i am i'm like this is pretty great so far but um it was just too late last night to keep going i was like, I gotta sure. save this so um okay otherwise i only have two things to talk about and i don't know if you would mind me mentioning this because you had an idea for like a project this year yeah that involved 1971 movies yes go for okay. it yeah. i think me and Lindsay have both signed up for this where oh matt where it's canceled okay well thank god i only watched two of them no uh so no I'm i was kidding. looking I, at how
0: many movies came out in 1971 i was like this is this is too much this is this is way too much and so yeah
1: I mean, I, last I, sunday when
0: we record i was like uh Lindsay, i don't I, we can't do this and she's like oh thank god so i'm telling you now matt uh, cancel the 1971 plan. Oh, okay. Right too many movies to watch.
1: Okay. Well, I, I watched one. Uh, oh, so good, I, good, good. It was a good one too. So it's funny. Cause I think I'm still going to try to watch some more. Cause there's some, I found out I weirdly own a blind, like blind bought a few 1971 movies. I have, I never watched them. Like I had yeah. Harold and Maude. Oh Str- yeah. Straw dogs. Um, I have like, literally, this is b- very bizarre. Maybe only to me, but on, I have like this shelf. That's like movies that I need to watch. Like they're movies I bought, but never watched them. And literally like in a row, I had four Italian Jallo movies that were all from 1971.
0: Oh, weird. and I had not
1: And that was before I didn't plan it that way. That's before you told me. Like I, yeah. I start pulling them off the shelf and I'm like, wait, I own that one. I 71. I own that. One. I'm like, wait, these are all 71 movies. It was very, it was very weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I I thought we were going to do a top 50 or so so uh good pretty scary know.
0: i mean we, we we can we can i like that idea but maybe if we pare it down i like picking a year but yeah. like you can even pare it down to a genre maybe like you know horror movies or crime movies or something so <laughs> because if, if we're going to say a top 50 then you need to watch at least like hundred.
1: You know, like 100 exactly right <laughs> yeah
0: I, I don't want to do that
1: I don't want to make <laughs> anyone else do that <laughs> I've seen I I went through and tried to piece together all the 71 movies I've seen in the course of my life and I only had like 20 like I thought oh like, really it was like I've only seen 20 movies in this year I got a lot of work to do see uh, I
0: I picked 1971 because out of the 70s that's that's the year I had seen the most Oh, I uh-huh. seen most 1971 movies, and I was like, okay, well, that's less work for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's, I don't that's know, a selfish I don't way know to look. what year I would have the most from, from the 70s. But uh, I was like, ooh, 20, I got a lot of work to do. But we <laughs> should do something. I'm, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch yeah. a lot. Of,
0: I need to watch more modern movies and like, because you know, I love the 70s. The 70s are mm-hmm. great. I watch a lot of 70s movies, but like, I could watch. They make. They still make movies. Did you know, Matt? They make movies still today they do maybe and too so, many movies
1: maybe yeah. too many movies uh I, you know i, I, I should up.
0: watch some of those so anyways good <laughs> idea
1: we should do something on cult movies like in december like maybe pick our top 571 movies or something yeah like, exactly yeah i got i got that pretty locked down but i was just like a little something because now i'm i looked there's a lot of good movies in that year it's a good year for seriously movies. yeah um so i watched all of that to say i watched uh play misty for me woods oh. oh. directing debut. Uh, yeah. stars in it um clint eastwood owned 1971 holy shit dirty harry play misty for me and the beguiled all in one year i was like this man he just owned that year um he must have been very tired after that. <laughs> but um i like all those movies play misty for me maybe my least favorite of the three but it's a very stiff competition because i really um i love dirty harry i really like yeah. the beguiled Play Misty for me is pretty great. Uh, he's a DJ in California. This also might be where he fell in love with that town that he was the mayor of Carmel, California. Carmel, like, um, I think because it keeps coming up. I'm like, is this where he started falling in love with this town? Oh, so, um, and he's this radio DJ who is a woman who calls all the time and, and asks for him to play the song Misty for her. Um, finds out she's like an obsessive fan played by Jessica Walter, who I'm sure most people would know. <laughs> as lucille bluth on the rest of development never seen her like this 30 years younger than i've ever seen her um i think she kind of steals the movie like she's cool uh she's great um she's a little bit i that's also criticism people saying she's kind of like a one note crazy person and this is kind of like clint eastwood saying like aren't ladies crazy you know <laughs> like women um, women be yeah. <laughs> crazy um like <laughs> and uh it's a little bit like that but i think she's so good in it and so scary that her, I mean, her performance. Is, it's a great performance, even if it's a little bit like, we don't really know much about her or why she's like this. She's just crazy. Um, but it becomes like almost a little bit feels a little Jalo influenced by the end. Oh like, yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, it's
1: a uh, it's a pretty cool little thriller. Um, I always love when, like like the stalker movies when someone gets like progressively crazier, like and it just keeps escalating. Like when he tries to go to lunch with this woman who's just literally trying to offer him a job or get a radio show. And Jessica Walter shows up at the lunch. She's like, she's like, really, this is what you're doing. He's like, drag her out of there because she's ruined the deal. And just like someone wrecking your life in that way is for me entertaining to watch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But scary to think about it. What's happening to you? Because it's like, what do you do? Because it's like the police don't seem to want to help him. Um, I don't think he he doesn't want to like do anything extreme, like you know, beat her up or kill her. Or anything, obviously, it's sure. like, so. How do you get rid of her? It's like she knows where he lives. It's this whole thing. Like, um, it's uh, it's a very entertaining little thriller. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and the other thing I talked about, speaking of movies that are very hard to see, but there's a decent version on YouTube, was a movie called Enemy Territory. Yeah, <laughs> I saw you watch that. <laughs> have you seen this uh
0: i can't if i I, i've forgotten it if i did it it it, it was on uh you know i have the master list for the pure cinema podcast all their official picks Mm -hmm. so it's 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 on that list and so that's where i would have heard about it
1: yeah that's where i think i heard about they brought up at some point for something and uh, it's from 1987 and it's basically a siege movie an insurance salesman Goes to this apartment building in a rough part of town of New York City. Um, and his boss is like, he's like, I'll do it on Monday. And he's like, No, you need to go today to get this insurance policy signed. And he's like, But it's going to be dark. And he, so he goes and gets it. he he needs it for his job or something. So he goes in there. Uh, and it's like a, a known tough, like a bad area, kind of like they treat it like, um, Cabrini Green and Candyman, you know, like people just don't sure. go there. You just don't go there. And uh the people live there terrorized. There's a gang called the Vampires. Great name for a street gang, led by Tony Todd himself. Speaking to Cabrini Green, Candyman, yeah. um, who plays a character named the Count. That's his name Sweet. in the gang. Um, and they're a very scary gang. Like it, this movie is rough. Like they like the movie does not pull any punches. Um, the, the insurance salesman goes he he causes some trouble because he like he he just he literally just taps like one of the gang members who's like a little kid on the shoulder for like where somebody lives and the kid's like don't touch me and then it's like becomes like a thing like you touch this kid it's like i just tapped him on the shoulder um and then chaos breaks out it's like then it becomes like a, a fight and the main guy's name is gary frank who i don't know from anything but it looks like he did a lot of tv in the 70s and 80s um he's the insurance salesman he teams up with this blew my mind. Of all people, Ray Parker Jr., the man who sings the <laughs> Ghostbusters theme song, uh, is a guy just in the apartment, and he saves Gary Frank, and they team up. And Ray Parker Jr., not a bad actor. I don't know how much acting he did. I didn't know he acted at all. I thought he was, you know, good. I thought he was good. Um, And it's just the two of them trying to survive this gang. It almost becomes like the, It almost becomes like The Raid, but with obviously way less martial arts right and by way less i mean none but uh it just uh, the idea of being stuck <laughs> in an apartment complex and everyone there is out to kill you basically um there are some neighbors who are just like you know living their mind their own business um because everyone's being terrorized by this gang so they cut, people try to help them one guy tries to help them jan michael vincent
0: hell yes
1: <laughs> shows up as this like vietnam vet who is in this like motorized wheelchair that shoots like darts or something <laughs> like he's got a whole they go to jay michael Vint's apartment he has like a whole fucking rack like a wall of guns like a whole armory in his apartment um it's bananas and it's just like them trying to survive the night basically and uh and just make it out of the apartment and get help um yeah it's a pretty i thought it was a pretty great little siege movie um i think some of the like, I don't know, social commentary or racial politics or little not PC nowadays. Like, um, I don't know. know, I don't know how else to say it, but it's it's just at its at its core. It's just like a pretty good uh, like survive the night siege movie that I thought was pretty entertaining. I watched on YouTube because there's literally no other way to watch it. Yeah, Um, I'm very confused why it's not out from vinegar syndrome, because I saw it's an MGM release. And MGM seems pretty open with their catalog. Yep, like yep, I think very... Shout Factory does it, Vinegar Syndrome does it. It's a perfect Vinegar Syndrome movie. Like it is literally tailor-made for Vinegar Syndrome. So, I don't know if it's like a music rights issue or what. Um but uh yeah, it's it's crazy it doesn't have like a a Blu-ray now because I think it would people would really enjoy it so yeah it was fun it was there's a decent copy on youtube that literally has a like mgm channel watermark in the corner that's like a decent version of the movie um that i would recommend
0: yeah so like the elements would be good yeah
1: yeah so it's it's either yeah a rights thing or uh, music licensing but i didn't think there was like a ton of famous songs in the movie i guess i can only take i could take one or you know who knows but um it is weird
0: Would it would it charles Band is the credited producer oh um would it be maybe he has the rights and maybe but if anybody would release it it'd be through full moon
1: right but did he did charles band also produce from beyond i feel like he did. uh yeah well yeah he would have yes from beyonds gain of vinegar syndrome release <laughs> true so we're going to crack this mystery. Someone, yeah, that's where Ask and, around if you know people.
0: <laughs> Brad, yeah, Brad Henderson has logged it on Letterboxd. Five stars from Brad. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> so he's a fan. Do you see who the cinematographer is on this? Ernest Dickerson?
1: Oh. No, I didn't even notice yeah. that. Speaking oh of Spike God. Lee,
0: he's coming that's up. Spike, it says amazing. It's a,
1: yeah. Wow. It does look pretty good. I mean, even the kind of not great version I saw, like, um, now that you say that, I'm like, oh shit, I can see that was her sticker <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to, highly recommend enemy territory. It's on YouTube. There's a, d- a decent version. Watch it while you can before it gets pulled. Um, I think it, it, maybe someday it, they'll put it out. Like,
0: yeah, well, it looks like this director, Peter Manoogian, Manugian, Manugian, whatever his mm-hmm. name is, uh, like only worked through full moon, demonic toys, dungeon master arena, eliminators seed people these are all charles band movies um so that's really interesting but yeah it, it because i remember uh if i watched the trailer or maybe because i have it saved on youtube on my you know watch later playlist I um, and i remember seeing it and thinking okay this is a decent copy that i can sit and watch and you know understand and hear mm. <laughs> um, so it yeah that's that's interesting that that's the only way to watch it for now
1: yeah it's uh it's always the worst when i do find something on youtube that i can't see anywhere else and it's a horrible unwatchable version <laughs> i'm like oh well i can't i just can't do it i'm like i gotta but this was this was definitely watchable for sure um so yeah that was an interesting find so um yeah that's that's really all i had so i guess if you want we can talk about Garden state uh and really get in touch with our feelings and,
0: <laughs> and just yeah, after talking about ambulance and all these... hard target, we're gonna talk about garden state. We're gonna
1: mellow it out a little bit. We're gonna trying to think of quotes from Garden State. Uh we're <laughs> the uh gonna oh god, what's the fucking line? Um explore the infinite abyss. <laughs> <Good> you know, <laughs> uh okay. I already said it at the top.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Oh, you know what, Matt, before I forget, I I don't mean to intrude here, but I yep. I found um an advertiser for you. Oh god. And oh, <laughs> this this uh very real, not pretend company reached out to me and I said, "Hey, I'm I'm doing this podcast, <laughs> my buddy Matt." And um and I have a little read here um <laughs> and, <laughs> if if you don't mind and no, it's um, fine. <laughs> so here in the Midwest, I don't know about you, Matt, but it's, it's the dead of winter. Uh, I took, I took Emma for a walk earlier and I was just cold as hell. The, the wood checks are hibernating. The birds are all huddled together up <laughs> in the trees and, and their nests and the squirrels continue to gather those fallen acorns and, and hide them, you know, away in their wherever they hide them. But Matt with the bushbuster. There won't be any need to uh, squirrel away those nuts okay gone are the days of the communal scissors used from everything for you know craft time with the kids to cutting stems off the roses uh to trimming that unsightly thatch growing more and more unwieldy by the day underneath those bvds uh matt you know what i'm talking about winter will be gone before we know it and it'll be time to take those trunks out of the mothballs well matt With the Bush Buster, say goodbye to those spiders trying to escape from that Speedo. Why not get ahead of the game this winter and start polishing those family jewels with the Bush Buster? When you step out of the shower and that vanity light hits those coolions, you'll be blinded. I mean, absolutely blinded by the sheer luminescence reflecting off your freshly shorn scrote. Uh, Right now, Matt, for listeners of Film Feast, exclusively... All they have to do is call one 2 go nuts and they will get a 30-day free trial. That's one eight eight two four six six eight eight seven, 246 6887 and mention Film Feast. If you're not 100% pleased with your smooth ghoulies, send the oh. Bushbuster back free of charge. You don't even have to clean it. Call one 2 go nuts and mention Film Feast. Bushbuster, bush that bush. Nope, let me try that again. Bush Buster, bust that bush back to bald. So Matt, you get to keep all the profits.
1: Oh wow, that crazy. was incredible! I appreciate the effort, came in Making speaking that
0: re- of smooth balls. Oh dear God! <laughs> no.
1: Oh my God! Should we have to disclaim that that's not a real thing? People should call.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you call one eight eight two go nuts. What a, I mean,
1: I don't know what's going to happen. uh someone can try i don't i, Let I us know. Can't, can't make any promises uh <laughs> people don't know i should probably explain the backstory that, that uh i told this story a long time ago i got a pretty sure it was a fake message on instagram or from a fake account that was like hey can you promote our product on your podcast i was so excited at first cuz no one's ever asked that before and no one's asked since but it was <laughs> it was for a product called smooth my balls and i said i cannot <laughs> go on this podcast and promote this thing um for like any amount of money uh let alone the 20 bucks they may pay me but I went to it it just seemed a little fishy it seemed a little they had an official Instagram but it just seemed I don't know it was very weird the the original message came from like a weird account um so ever since then everyone's like you should have taken the money and done the swoop my balls ad but I can't I just can't. You,
0: you got you I mean everybody knows Matt you got to stay away from those fishy balls
1: yeah <laughs> Okay. Really, I'm sorry, Matt's mom. I'm really sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> she stopped listening a long time ago. No, no. She's, <laughs> what if she's just like, I don't, she, you know, it's funny. She hasn't mentioned she listens anymore. So I think you might've given up on me.
0: Yeah. Well, that's my mom too. Like she listened to the first two episodes. I'm like, did you listen to the, Oh no. Okay. That's fine. You don't have to. I don't
1: most people in my real life will try to be supportive and then they when they see a three and a half hour episode for inside man they're like i don't have that kind of time uh uh, yeah my my friend's mom basically it's like my unofficial aunt her her criticism was like do they need to be so long i was like i'm sorry it's a free podcast i don't know what to tell you um we it's just fine. like to hang out and talk with our friends. That's all it is. Yeah. Everybody, everyone, they still support me, just they don't listen as much. Anymore. No, that's fine. Yeah. They're whatever. like, have all your podcast. I won't I won't listen. Um <laughs> well anyway, that was fun. Uh thank you for putting the effort into that. Uh it's like,
0: No, 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 um, that wasn't me. That Bushbuster sent it to me. Oh, of course. Yes. Bushbuster LTD.
1: Find people at Bushbusters. Uh, <laughs> what a product. What a product. <laughs> <laughs> um boy, how do I get back into garden state after that? Too? <laughs> oh Garden okay State.
0: did yeah. you uh did you see this when it came out in theaters
1: matt oh anthony i have a whole story about seeing this in theaters so oh, i can do i <laughs> bet I... we have probably similar stories here matt i'm curious because uh, you... i think we're we're about i think almost exactly five years apart in okay. age Yeah. um which not a big deal at when as you know we get older I, but i think i saw this at like 17 so you would have been probably 22. I was
0: 22 when it came out. So
1: yeah. I feel like it's funny. I was thinking, wow, that gap of five years, people's lives, I think, change dramatically. Oh, yeah. Because I'm you're still not who you were when you were you know, 17. I'm still in high school. Like, I, that's the summer between junior and senior year. You maybe I don't know uh, your history, but you're like at the edge or the end of college. If you went, I don't actually don't know this about you. But like you're that that's a even if you go or don't go to college, that. 17 to 22, I feel like people change so much as human beings. Like you become an adult by the law. You probably, you sure. move out people, all kinds. It's a wild time. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but me at 17, let me tell you about this. I got a yeah, whole yeah. story for Garden State. So we, uh, the, 15, 16, 17, I am like, I'm just, you know, turning in like this big film geek. I still have the dreams of going to, uh film school I think the same summer I think it was before I this came out in August I look 2020 or yeah 2004 August Garden State comes out I believe that July I had gone to a thing the New York film academy sent me this thing in the mail that I think I requested I can't remember how but it was like you can come do a New York film academy like summer camp and it was at it was at Disney of all places. So we would so I'd gone down to Florida, did this week long like film camp. Um, which is a whole separate story for how that all went down. It was a very crazy week, but it was fun. But I'm, that's where I'm at. Like, I am like, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I'm 17. The world is my oyster. Everything is roses. And I keep seeing this trailer for Garden State, like I don't on DVDs and the movies. And the trailer for Garden State is one of those trailers that like tells you nothing about the movie. At least the first trailer I saw, it's just like a series of images from the movie uh, and the song Let Go. By Fru-Fru, which I yes. embarrassingly walked out and pronounced Frau Frau for about 10 years of my life until someone <laughs> said, I think it's Frufru. And I said, What? I've been saying Frau Frau for 10 years. Um, like an <laughs> idiot. So that's I love that song. I the song with the images, I was like, what is this movie with the guy from Scrubs and Natalie Portman? I was like, I ha, I was like, I have to see this movie. Uh, no matter what, and in my town at the time, it was like a small independent release, like Fox Searchlight, I think. Uh-huh. Um, So to me, it's like this really—it's weird indie movie—and it was only playing at like one theater in my town, and it was like a theater. It's like 30 minutes away from me, which no big deal. The older you get, but I've only been driving for like less than a year at this point, so I'm like, I'm taking a journey to go out of my way to the theater I never go to to see Garden State, and it's like one of the feels like one of the biggest moments of my teenage years. I'm like, I'm seeing independent cinema. I'm going on my own. Like this, because I'm getting the Donnie Darker in this time. Uh, I'm trying to find weirder stuff, quirkier stuff. Uh, This spoke to 17 year old me. I was like, oh my God, this movie, it it just, it gets me. It's like, (laughs) it's just like, I'm going to move to LA as an aspiring filmmaker. And, but it's all these things you think like, 20s adulthood's gonna be like when you're 17 you're like oh my god and loved the time absolutely loved it embarrassingly enough I was showing this movie to girls that I would start dating up to like 10-ish years ago I think I finally stopped uh I'd be like listen we gotta watch Garden State it's gonna change your life I was like Natalie Portman with the headphones like you know the song will change your life and then like so I kept like forcing people to watch Garden State I don't think it ever went over well, honestly. Like, I don't think anybody, like, (laughs) people would, like, tolerate it. Girls would be like, yeah, I liked it. But I don't think anybody ever, like, loved it. Um, Eventually, I stopped doing that. (laughs) It's like, and the movie kind of started to lose a lot of luster after a certain point. I haven't rewatched it for a few years at least. I think the last time I logged in Letterboxd was 2018. And I think before that, it being a few years. So, um, yeah, it was that's the that's my setup for this movie It was very important to 17 year old me i have way more mixed feelings about it as a 35 year old um so it's very different now so i'm curious to hear anthony's side of the story about garden state
0: well yeah so i'm 22 and i i was never um i don't know a a, a bad guy a bad a bad kid a bad person um except for the fact that like i had the form of toxic masculinity where um i was so emotional all the time i was like zach brass character all the time and i'd use that to you know try to guilt people uh but mainly girls into like going out to dinner with me or like you know uh oh can i come over and well, I'm I'm with my friends right now. Well, I really need to see you. Can I, you know, that type of thing? And it's mm-hmm. you know, horrifically embarrassing. Um, and like, you know, I've I've gone back and and apologized to uh, a few of those uh, lovely women because, like, that's bullshit. Any any uh, stupid boy that does that is is not worth uh, you know their time, especially. So uh, I had dated this girl in high school and then like broke up like after four years, maybe. And so what is it? 20? No, it's 2002, 2003. Mm -hmm. No, we broke up about 2004 and we broke up because I started hanging out with her friend. So this girl that I was dating went away to school four hours away I stayed home i did not go to college well i went to college for like a year but just kind of pissed everything away um so i'm home her alex's friend uh is a year younger than us but she uh, didn't go to school so we're both just you know working jobs and we're hanging out and like i try to weasel my way into her life and so, like you know, we'd hang out. We'd watch. We'd watch lots and lots and lots of movies. We went to a lot of movies. Garden State and Closer, uh, two movies that I absolutely love. Uh, uh, Closer, which is is uh, you know that's sort of embarrassing. Oh, uh, you know, maybe someday we'll do a, a really popular podcast on the huge hit that everybody loves to talk about. Closer. <laughs>
1: um kind of about that movie yeah (laughs)
0: it's very very relative to how i kind of used garden state and this this uh young woman jamie so anyways we went and saw garden state and i was like this is like this is me this is i am i am uh largeman i'm andrew largeman and so she's like okay let's go home and and so i took her home and then drove back to the theater and watched it again oh wow (laughs) that that day and there's been um So Garden State, Closer, Moonstruck, and Spotlight are the four movies that I have watched uh, multiple times, but back-to-back. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Garden State, one of my days off when I was working in restaurants, I watched Garden State like six times. Just over and over and over and over. Last night, in preparation for this podcast, Matt, this movie that I know like the back of my hand, it ended, and I was like, okay, let's go to bed. And I was like, eh, I kind of want to watch it again. So I did. I watched it two times last night.
1: Wow, wow. okay. like,
0: <laughs> And not, not to, like, prepare for the podcast, but I don't know, maybe that's what I do when I watch Garden State now. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> anyway, so, like, f- for a couple years after Garden State came out, I sort of modeled my uh, behavior behavior after like trying to be like andrew largeman and like oh pretending to be like really depressed and like i you know i just trying to guilt people into being my friend and guilt girls into to dating me and all this dumb uh so i watched it maybe 50 times in the first maybe four years after it came out and then i didn't didn't watch it again until 2017 Mm -hmm. Which is, I think, around when I got my Letterboxd account, uh, watched it, and it it still blew me away. I was like, I love this movie. There's, you know, it it's a young man's movie, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not a 35-year-old man's movie, it's not a 40-year-old man's movie. <laughs> um, but I still loved it. And then I start hearing, like I think maybe Patrick and Rob talked about it because Rob DiCristino wrote something up on Garden State. I think Rob is same age as you. I man. think we're almost
1: exactly the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Like...
0: And he has the same feelings. Like he loved the movie when it came out, but now he kind of struggles with his feelings. And I was like, let's just like it's okay to admit we love this movie. Uh, <laughs> but then I realized like a lot of people felt like that, like they kind of mm-hmm. grew out of it. And so when I re I hadn't rewatched it since 2017 till last night and I watched with Bobby and I'm like, okay, we're going to sit here. We're going to pick it apart and figure out why people don't like this movie. Some people call it problematic and this, that, and the other. And I still couldn't figure it out. And uh, the only thing I assume, and like my friend Antonio from uh cult podcast commented, he said, I was so into this movie when it came out and then I rewatched it when I got older and realized it not for me anymore. And so many people feel like that, but for some reason I don't, I still love every bit of this movie uh, while also admitting it's a much younger man's movie. I'm married. I've been <laughs> with my wife for like 15 years. We have two kids. Uh, this is not a movie about, a married man with children.
1: <laughs> yes. You know, it's about it's a
0: 25-year-old man <laughs> and a, you know, a 22, 23-year-old young woman. Um, like I said, it's a young person's movie, but I still love it. I think probably mostly wrapped up in nostalgia.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> I was thinking like, man, I cannot separate myself from the nostalgia, the strong feelings I have for this. This is like somebody... That I was like really in love with, and then like nothing bad happened. Like, we, we it wasn't like a bad breakup, but we broke up, and I just but I still have fond feelings toward them, but I know it's not going to work out, I guess. <laughs> or right. there's there's just reasons that's like, well, clearly we weren't the right thing, but um, I I, I was gonna ask you because I'm a little unclear. Zach Braff's supposed to his character is supposed to be. 25, or I thought he was old, like 28, 29. How old is he supposed to be?
0: Uh, he's 25. I think he says he's 26.
1: Okay, um, Peter Sarsgaard says he's 26. That blew my fucking mind because I'm like, that is a rough 26, Peter Sarsgaard. <laughs> then I looked it up, Peter Sarsgaard actually was 33 when I made it. So that makes way yeah. more sense. I was okay. So <laughs> I was like, whoo, I was like 26. I was like, what the? fuck happened?
0: Well, I mean, his home life, Gene Smart, and we'll get to the cast in a second, but it's like, everybody shows up in this movie, right? But like, if you yeah, live I... a life of constantly drinking, constantly being high, living a a life with a mom, like, and no offense to her, but like, you know, smoke-filled house. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then, you know, you're you're probably working on two, three hours of sleep a night. Mm-hmm. Um, at 26, that's probably what I looked like uh, <laughs> working in, in restaurants and like drinking as much as I did uh back then so you know i i bought it because that's probably what i looked like
1: <laughs> i was just i was curious i was like there's nobody here stars so i growing. Like going him to say that line i'm 26 and i was like how old were you really He's like 33 that must have felt kind of interesting it's like he probably was like zach can i just make myself a little bit older like 20 29 right. um I, it's so funny because yeah that gap feels so huge when you're like 17 watching this i'm like oh these people in their mid to late 20s like these right. <laughs> like that's so far away and now i'm past that which is very uh I don't know just jarring for me I think a yeah, little well, bit well and it's...
0: see yeah it came out when I was around these guys age right. Yeah. right these characters age um and so like I was like yes this is this is me and you know honestly it it's not I wasn't anything like Andrew Largeman or Sam or uh what's Peter Sarsgaard's character uh, Mark. Mark. yeah <laughs> Like, I wasn't like any of these people back then, (laughs) Uh, but I wanted to be like them for For some reason. reason.
1: I don't, Uh, yeah. I want to be quirky and interesting. I don't, like, that That may be the root of my problems with Garden State, is I feel like I'm seeing it now as, like, a lot of quirkiness for the sake of quirkiness is my problem. Like, the scene, it's just, there's a lot of scenes that are just there. It's like, it's like Zach Braff had a funny idea, or an image you wanted to put in the movie. Like when he first is at his so basically I by Seth Garden State people like the, the plot of Garden State is uh Zach Braff plays this guy named Andrew Largeman who lives out in LA and is kind of an actor, but things are not going super great. He's had some parts, but it's not great. Um, he's like heavily medicated. He works at this restaurant, seems like a pretty shitty job. Um he, and his mom dies. So his dad calls him back, He goes back to New Jersey. Um and meets uh Natalie Portman uh Sam that they fall in love and there's other things but like so when he comes back from his mom's funeral he meets that friend of hers played by Jackie Hoffman who is always a funny character actress she shows up so with. great like I made you a shirt out of your mom's uh we we're working on the bathroom and like That's the nice. pattern and that was one of the images in the trailer it stuck with yep. me was Zach Braff in the shirt that exactly matched the background behind him in the bathroom so I, I guess it's like a pay off to a joke because she's like oh i made this shirt for you and he matches the background It's like it's quirky and then the the scene where him and natalie portman just go to his rich friend's house and all the guy does is shoot an arrow a flaming arrow in the air and they run around (laughs) and then she tells they want to leave that's the whole scene that's it there's nothing else it's like there's just little stuff where i'm like it's more of like little touches like that where i'm like it feels like he just wanted to throw these little Works in there and it's like but why (laughs) maybe you don't need a reason i don't know but at the time this felt so fresh to me and i think i've just seen so many more movies since garden state that it's like you know this felt so profound at the time like i I joked about that line earlier um where they're at the um that site that was like supposed to be a mall became like a big um oh my god what's the word uh quarry oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. like uh and and he talks to the guy that kind of looks over the place and you know tells the guy who's looking at the big hole he's like good luck exploring the infinite abyss and he's like you too and it's like oh my god like seven chill me was like what a profound line that's life and now i'm just kind of like uh like i'm kind of like it's, stuff like that to me is like a little more taxing i will <laughs> say this i watched it this time i still gave it like seven out of ten on letterboxd we used to be like a 10 out of 10, um, because I just cannot fully hate Garden State ever. And it's still very watchable because I've seen it so many times. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it 50 times, but um, there's something about it that just when I watch it now, it is kind of comforting in a way. (laughs) And I've seen it so many times. I I see the flaws. I see the flaws in the movie, but it's like it, it I just cannot completely ever turn on it like i just can't do that like it's just like a lot but some of the quirky stuff i roll my eyes at like i think it's funny i was this time i realized like this movie's not really going anywhere and it feels like zach braff kind of engineers a plot (laughs) like or a thing to do near the end of the movie where peter star is going to go on a little treasure hunt which is some fun stuff in there um but it's almost like he's like shit i gotta fill this movie out let's do this treasure hunt for like 20 ish minutes of the movie and that'll get me to the end um you know, there's, I, and I don't think he's a bad filmmaker. I think like he didn't ha- he this. He made this like a million dollars, you know, yeah. it's a good amount of money. But, um, so I was thinking like, I don't think his filmmaking's bad. I think some of his writing's kind of questionable. <laughs> like, and I, I have a harder and harder time buying the Natalie Portman romance with him. Cause I don't know. It's so quick. And ah, I, it's like, I go back and forth. Like, I'm like, I don't know why these two would fall for each other this hard, this quickly. Like, I don't think there's much there giving me the feel of like, I don't know, that they would do that. They're like two damaged people who find each other. Okay, sure. But I don't know. that it, 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 She is also like textbook manic pixie dream girl. Like, she, oh, yeah. I don't know if that term came up before, or after this movie, I think it was around this movie. And I'm like, looking at this, I'm like, oh my God, she is like textbook that. Like, it's just, it's wild sorry, I just laid a bunch of complaints on the table. I apologize.
0: no, 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 no. and and you know what? they're all valid. and and like you're saying about trying to divorce yourself, your feelings for Garn State, uh, your nostalgia for, you know, the actual uh, technical part of the movie. And I admittedly cannot do that. This is absolutely a ten out of ten movie for me. looking at it as as just a movie. You know, maybe it's a two and a half to three star movie uh, because there were some things, uh, and like it was a lot of the editing and like music editing was really. I was like, oh, you should have done this, and me saying that that's laughable. What the <laughs> fuck do I know? Nothing, um, um, but I, I just I I simply cannot divorce my love, my nostalgia uh, and love of this movie from the actual technical aspect of it. I understand like, this is, it's almost like, uh, Zach Braff, uh, putting his dream girl on screen or every white boy's dream girl on screen (laughs) in Natalie Mm. Portman. And admittedly, I have forever had a crush on Natalie Portman, um, as I'm sure many, 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 many people do. um, And I think she's very funny in this. There are... I did... So, 10 out of 10 movie. But I did find myself cringing a few times last night. One of the parts (laughs) is... And I have always cringed at this when they're in her bedroom and she does like the, the weird...
1: Oh, the part I oh, sent like, I, I yeah, you. Yeah, the gift GIF you on sent me. And I was yeah, like, yeah.
0: oh, that's my least favorite moment of the movie, Matt. Thanks.
1: Might be mine too, Anthony. That's why I was like,
0: it is. It's yeah. so embarrassing. And like, it's one of those where I'm sitting there and I feel embarrassed for Natalie Portman having to do that in front of a camera. And now millions of people have seen this. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for her. But then, like, immediately afterwards, she's like, now you have to do something. And the thing that Zach Braff does with his finger like fucking kills me i think it's hysterical but here he is making her do the really stupid really really stupid thing uh and embarrass herself uh and then he gets to just sit there and do but i think it's funnier and shit uh so that's (laughs) i have always ever since the first time i saw this in the theater i've always cringed at that and been like oh god this is so embarrassing um (laughs) There are so uh, I won't lie to you, Matt. I won't lie to your listeners that I did tear up at my usual three spots. Oh, okay. That's night one of them is, and I'm just I'm I'm being completely honest with you here. Good luck exploring the infinite abyss, and I tear up. Sorry, I
1: mocked that line. Now.
0: No, 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 no. What? <laughs> And and then and then uh, Dennis O'Hare, like, what the fuck is Dennis O'Hare doing in this movie? Dennis O'Hare is a brilliant actor. Um, You know, obviously, lots of people love Zach Braff. Um, And, you know, for all intents and purposes, he sounds like he's a a very decent person. Um, So it's nice. He got a bunch of people that like him to be in this movie. Anyways, uh, good luck exploring the infinite abyss. And then Dennis O'Hare says you too. And then Zach and then like Zach Braff fucking ruins it immediately afterward and like holds this thing where he's like shaking his head in the rain oh, yeah. and i'm like that's so fucking stupid just like a simple like you know tight-lipped smile and a nod like mm-hmm. thank you i thank you brother and then and then <laughs> and then cut to you know motorcycle back to taking uh mark home um but yeah i do tear up at that infinite abyss line because you know that there are lots of cheesy lines of dialogue in this movie, uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's just I. I think it was a twenty-something uh, guy, sort of just writing in his diary, and his mm-hmm. diary just happened to be a movie script, and then had his friends act his diary out. um And you know, I commend him for that. So. 10 out of 10 movie. I will forever love this movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I did bump You've Got Mail from my top four letterbox and put in Garden State last night. <laughs> um, that I mean, I kind of have to. I've, I watched it two times last night. I mean, in, yeah, one, but... in one <laughs> night. Come on, that means I like the movie. Um, I But there are like a few cringy moments in
1: it. Uh, yeah. Wait, So can I ask what are the other two times that you cry at?
0: <laughs> um, the, the big one is the second time they are at Sam's house and they sit and watch Sam's ice skating video. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam's like, okay, we got to go. And, uh, her mom played by Anne O'Dowd, her aunt, oh. aunt right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is great. She's like, ah, give me a hug. And so Sam gives her a hug and then, uh, and then large is like, uh, I'll take a hug. And, like, they hold, oh, it. They yeah, hold yeah. that for, like, you know, an extra two or three beats. Yeah. And, oh, it's so touching because his mom's dead, right? He doesn't right. have a mom. His dad is a fucking icicle <laughs> that, that will not touch him, let alone give him a hug. And so, like, this is, like, he needed that so much, uh, that sort of motherly love, that, that parental love. Um, and that moment is so... I think is so powerful. And again, maybe I'm sort of, you know, manic pixie dream boy mode <laughs> thinking about that. Maybe it's cheesy uh-huh. as hell, but I love that moment.
1: No, I, I've always liked that moment. And I liked it even more, I think, on the rewatch. It, it struck me more than before. It was like, oh, yeah, his mom just passed away. And of course he wants a hug from her mom. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice little moment. It feels that feels very genuine to me. That's like, you know, that's just like a, a good little moment. Okay, that's one.
0: And then, okay. It- and then the infinite abyss. And then the other one is when he goes to see Ron Liebman again. It's like, holy fuck, Ron Liebman's in this movie <laughs> um, at the doctor's office. And I was trying to find, I'm on IMDb, seeing if they have the exchange in the quotes here. Um, uh, to, And it's it's very funny how they, kind of begin rod ron Lehman, i think is hysterical he's so funny if you've never seen where's papa you absolutely need to see where's papa he is so fucking funny in that movie um no he he's he's talking about um it's when he comes around from behind his desk and he sits next to large and and he says you know uh yeah that that medication does help um but unless You're actually going to see a therapist. uh, That stuff is still just sort of hiding in there. That medication is just burying that stuff. That stuff is still in your head. And it and that's it's a very true statement. Um, You know, just sort of everything that I've gone through with uh, addiction stuff. And 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 my wife, too. She was like Bobby is like, Mm -hmm. oh, like almost like (laughs) hallelujah. Last night she was (laughs) acting like that on the couch. Um, but then he slaps his leg and says, let's check you out. And I, I
1: don't know, you know, it, oh, it's, and he has, I, I like the line. He says like, something it's like, you're alive, right? You're alive. Like, that's it. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> um, and yeah,
0: you know, it's just, I, it, it's yeah. so a matter of fact, it's, but again, that's another sort of adult parental figure giving large men, um, sort of this validation, that he's Mm -hmm. seeking for his entire fucking life um and and he's finding it sort of in these random places um you know a doctor and so that's that's great usually a doctor is you know you go it's very cold it's very clinical but here we have this touching moment in one of those old school doctor offices like an actual office with the wood panel walls and the carpet and everything right um it's you know it's it's a most people probably wouldn't think twice about that moment, but that was a moment that, you know, it gets me. It squeezes my heart for a second.
1: Yeah, no, I I get that one. Uh, it's almost like the stuff now that's more straightforward or simply written works better for me than the stuff that's kind of feels to me overwritten. I feel oh, like God, he, yes. he had some things that were a little overwrought. I, I mean, I get it. It's probably like I it's his first movie, so he probably had been working on the script for years or you know or this script was probably like his baby i feel like i hear people very precious sure. their first movie so he probably wrote this thing to death and like thought the you know i writ re- i wrote stuff at like 15 for movies that i thought this is brilliant and then i'd find the notebook five ten years later and go oh jesus christ what is this <laughs> like yeah, right. this yeah like oh this was not brilliant um but I mean, I, it's funny because I'm glad you're here that, and you still love it like 10 out of 10 because I'm glad it's not like somebody else like dumping on it because I already feel bad. That I feel like I'm dumping on it. I don't even mean to. But right. um, and I still really like it. I cannot yeah. hate Gardens Day. This was the time that really proved to me because that's been a lot of the discourse about Garden State for the past, I don't know, 10 years at least where people are like, I liked it as a teenager or a young person and I don't like it anymore. It doesn't age well. Um but I was like, I can't hate this movie. I can never hate Garden State. I think a big part of that, this is my theory, is the soundtrack. Oh, I love this soundtrack. And every, uh, that that's a common thread. You'll see people go, movie doesn't hold up, soundtrack still kills. Like, amazing collection of songs he put together. Right There here. it is. He's, got, yeah, he's CD. got the CD copy. Oh, my God. This CD is not, from,
0: from, I bought this in 2004. 2004. I also bought the DVD in 2000. I mean, oh, you know, this yep. is not a video show, but I'm holding up the DVD and the CD <laughs> that I purchased in wow. you know 2004, 2005.
1: Yeah, two things I have not seen in at least a decade because I I do have the Blu-ray now. I think I watched it on HBO Max. It was was right there this time. Right. it's right there, and uh, I bought that soundtrack after I saw the movie. And my sister, I think, stole it at one point because we we seen it together. We both loved it. And she loved the soundtrack more than I did. I, I'd find her, like, I'd go to her room and she'd just be, like, listening to the Garden State soundtrack pop. You know, like, she she loves it more than I do. But I uh, this time I was like, that may be a huge key to why I'm still so, the, it, this, I'm so tied to the songs. Like, the songs it, come on the movie is. and I'm like, oh, this is such a good song. And they're all, they're all great. I mean, I, I, you know, I, at one point I was going to say. In this episode we can do it now or later but i was gonna ask what your favorite song off the soundtrack was
0: oh no we're we're of. gonna go through the entire track list oh okay great okay no for, <laughs> okay. I, I, no you think i'm joking i'm dead serious
1: oh no i, I you know it's funny i um, thought about that but i didn't well you know we're it. why not we're here
0: i have a great. cd so here's the thing so zach braff um let's be honest first movie out uh pretty strong debut right for a first-time filmmaker the movie yeah the movie did well right? I mean, movie yeah, movie yeah. uh but I, i'm saying just like it's a pretty ca- capably directed oh, that's what i was yeah this um, time i was saying like
1: it's well put together for it's, the most it's part well put sure.
0: together um again i have my quips with editing but no normal fucking person is gonna be like oh the editing could have used some work um <laughs> um and, and and the script was obviously written by a 20 year old guy Um, and does not age with the normal viewer me this guy Mm -hmm. not the normal viewer um and and so matt i think you're exactly right this was zach braff's baby because obviously directed written by obviously had a hand in the editing and then the soundtrack was handpicked by zach braff now before we get to the track list let me read the the uh special thanks from zach here Says I'd like to thank Bonnie. Now Bonnie Somerville was hmm. his girlfriend at the time. Oh, uh, I
1: did not know that. Okay,
0: Mona from Friends. That's Bonnie Somerville.
1: Uh, oh, did you oh, well. watch Friends? Uh, I've seen quite a few because of my friends and family, but I okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh,
0: okay, so I'd like to thank Bonnie, Josh, Carrie, Chad, Myron, Rachel, Amanda, Demi, Buck, uh, Buck, Damon, and all the artists who very generously very generously cut their fees for their music so we can afford to put them in garden state. Um, And then he talks about the writes this funny thing about a stunt man uh, that has nothing to do with the soundtrack, but (laughs) so Zach Braff, I feel like was sort of mentored by Bill Lawrence who created scrubs. And I think scrubs is one of the all time great shows. It's so brilliantly written. Uh, very brilliantly directed. And Zach Braff uh, directed a few episodes, I believe. Oh, and yeah. I think he was probably mentored by Bill. Uh, so while working on Scrubs, I think Zach got to meet a bunch of uh, these musicians. Colin Hay from Men at Work, uh, who he, he does um, he does a song on the Garden State soundtrack, shows up in a very funny moment in Scrubs. Along with Zach Braff. So I, you know, there's there's that. Also, the Scrub soundtrack is fucking killer. If you can find it, that's it's amazing. <laughs> um, Anyways, Garden State soundtrack we open with. And what I like about the CD is that it's in order of of how the they songs come in the, yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And the other thing about the songs is. Each song. Is I can't think of. Another movie where each song is so perfectly the song for that moment. Yes.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Right. It it feels like all twelve of these are needle drops, <laughs> um, and I I wouldn't even consider I, needle drop is a different term for everybody, so I don't even want to talk about that. But anyway,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So we start with Dope Panic by Coldplay. Coldplay is an easy band to pick on. Everybody hates Coldplay. I don't hate Coldplay; they're a
1: I, good fucking band. I'm wildly ambivalent to Coldplay. I mean, at this point, I'm so neutral on Coldplay. I had to check. I was like, "Are is Coldplay still a band?" I had to check their tail. Right. Like, um, I like this Coldplay song. I don't. I wouldn't call myself a fan, but I like the song and I like how it's used in the movie for sure. So. Yeah,
0: you know, he he rips off the no, no, that's uh, the Shins. Um. Yeah, the opening when he's sort of zombie-like driving to work, right? Yeah, That's when yeah. the the when "Don't Panic" plays, and this is my favorite Coldplay song. Um, and I, I like their first two or three albums a lot. Um, and you know they are sort of the uh, adult contemporary version of Radiohead. They're just as talented yeah. as Tom York and, and Johnny Greenwood. Uh, but nobody gives them credit like they're they're easy to shit on. They're like, oh, it's cheesy music. Well, could maybe, but it's fucking they're like brilliantly written pop songs. Anyways, I'm not going to defend Coldplay anymore. That's not what this podcast is about.
1: Now. Jeez. <laughs> this, this, this podcast is also sponsored by Coldplay. Uh- <laughs> Get
0: off Coldplay. God. OK, so then we're followed by the first of two. Shins. Yes.
1: The only Sounds. repeat artist on the soundtrack, The Shins. Which is
0: interesting. Caring is creepy, and they, they mention The Shins, but this is such a perfect moment. He rips off the tarp of that fucking, like, talk about quirk. Like, <laughs> yeah, an old having army an army motorcycle with a motorcycle.
1: Sidebar. Yeah, I could have sworn also there's like a... Did you ever watch Project Greenlight on HBO? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh my god, I was so into it. The first season or two, and they did a movie, the first year, they did a movie starring Shia LaBeouf, and it was around this time yeah and uh battle shaker heights a movie literally uh-huh. nobody remembers talks about uh but i think his whole quirk was like old army stuff and yep. i think he i was like what was with old army paraphernalia Yeah, that well, I, yeah. a few places around this time i swear but yeah the, the army bike is a little uh, you know quirky touch so yeah sorry to throw you off there but yeah <laughs> no, no 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 i
0: it is quirky um in that moment when he gets pulled over by kenny is
1: so that, that is funny. hilarious. That is still funny. With the, the his friend is the cop, and he's but, like, "How was I with the don't fucking move?" Like, right. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, the the double take he does. He's like, "Oh fuck!" My hands are up in the air, and then he looks over and he's he does the double take and like <laughs> wide eyed, uh, and he's like, "Kenny," and then Kenny's like, "Large man," and it's so funny. Um, mm-hmm. Another sort of uh, cringy moment that I don't love is comes when Kenny's like, "Fucking De Niro, man!" I'm like, eh, what?
1: I know. I still find you know, that guy, I, know, I know. I find all that guy's stuff funny. <laughs> so I'm still... I know that
0: comes again for with the Pacino thing, which is oh, yeah, so yeah. hysterical. He's <laughs> like, <"Bunk> of Pacino. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Kenny is extremely funny. How was I? Well, <laughs> you were a dick, so that's good. He's like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> or or uh, how he's talking about it, like, and if I get shot, and he raises... I'm rich. <laughs> you know, it, it's really fucking funny.
1: Maybe the funny. Yeah. One of the funniest parts of me is that scene when he pulls him over. Yeah.
0: <laughs> really great. So, okay. So there's the shins and then he, um, here's, here's a, a quip. I had, so I had been listening to zero seven, uh, before this movie came out and I was like, Oh, oh um. red, Yeah. Zach Braff likes zero seven. Cool. We could be friends. Of course. Uh, Zach Braff is my best friend, of course. <laughs> um, so, and it's the perfect song for like, dropping X. I feel like I, any 07 song is perfect for dropping X. <laughs> not that I've ever dropped X. But. I was going to
1: say, I can't speak from experience, but I, this is like also a good way to go through the movie. I feel like you were doing the soundtrack thing. Oh, so yeah. Stop on well, Different yeah. parts um, because yeah, the whole party scene. That feels like a scene where he was like, I got a great idea to how to shoot this this party scene, like with Zach Braff sitting still on the couch and everything going on around him. It's very and, much like a music video. But the song is a great choice there. I love that song.
0: Song is a great choice that moment. So, um, where he's sitting on the couch and it's like everybody else is sped up around him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you watch the pilot episode of scrubs, mm-hmm. that exact moment happens. And, and again, it's the, it's a perfect song for that moment. It's, it's David Gray singing Babylon, which I, I love. Oh, wow. I've I love about that, that song. song. Yeah. But yeah, like <laughs> it's Zach Braff standing still and like everybody else in the hospital, like zooming around him. So I think again, that's sort of his, uh, inspiration from from Bill Lawrence he brought that into the movie um I do like that that moment uh you know I've never been a big drug guy uh <laughs> but I love the line he's like spin the bottle we're not gonna, I'm not playing spin the bottle how how old are we yeah and then he goes more importantly how old are they <laughs> and then oh yeah retort yeah. is so stupid but I like how Zach Braff says it more importantly how old are they um and and so the spin the bottle happens zero seven song kicks in again if you've never listened to zero seven all of it is so fucking good um so here's my here's here's the first time where i'm like oh, that's not the way it should have been played so the song cuts out the bottles pointing at largeman and it's it's uh nan or what the whatever the fuck her name is the yeah, i
1: can't remember her name <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah cute
0: girl and and they're like large and she goes over and like you know they have this kiss she's straddling him and then the music fades back in mm-hmm. but when the music cuts out um initially that's that's a that's a break in the song and then not to get too technical here but it's a break in the song and then the the piano leads in by going da 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 and then it kicks back in like that would have been the perfect break in the song large they kiss da 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 and then the song kicks back in instead he sort of just fades it in and I'm like ah, th- you're not using the song's full potential there
1: <laughs> okay i didn't i did not even think about that or know that but that's anyway okay. fair um, point fair point
0: also i i feel like this is this is one of those things where um i guess because you never left home right or did you 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 haven't left home
1: right oh god well you put it that way i'm like no i haven't (laughs) i've lived it's okay no i yeah i was like no i mean i've lived around town but i've never yeah i've never left my yeah
0: right same so i never kind of had that experience of like my brother He, he you know he moved away to boston and then new york city and when he was at in boston you know, he'd come back and meet up with his old high school buddies and, but I never had like my one high school buddy never left either. So we were just buddies, you know, there's no sort of break. There's no reconnection.
1: Most of of the people I know stayed around here, which I I get, it sounds lame. I feel like, but no, or, or they, if they left, they were gone for a short time. But I mean, right. Um, this area, I feel like you can move around to different parts and still be within like driving distance. And it's like, there's just lots of different Places to go, and yeah, I don't know. It's like I I like it here. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. So
0: like, but (laughs) but look at the the people surrounding large. Like all his classmates, they never left. Right. Yeah. Right. The small, you know, whether they're in Orange, New Jersey, or wherever they are, um they never left. So he's the one that comes back and like goes to this party, and the first thing that I, I remember, I went to a party with the aforementioned girlfriend when she came back, like she was a junior in college maybe. And she came back and uh, I'd lost touch with everybody that I'd graduated with, but we went to a party with all those people and like, they were all just fucking drinking and like smoking weed. And I'm like, nobody fucking grew up bunch of losers. And so that's sort of how I take <laughs> mm-hmm. large, of course, large participates in this party here. But um, anyways, so then uh, we go to the doctor. Oh, Talk about maybe the funniest scene in the whole movie when he wakes up at Mark's house.
1: And, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Like opens his eyes and he sees this knight walking by and I'll never forget sitting in the theater thinking, what the fuck is going on here? Yep,
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is this? At 17, I was like, oh, wow, what a weird touch. And yeah, yeah and it, now it's the freaking guy from Big Bang Theory. who, Right, yeah.
0: You didn't know who he was then, right? No idea
1: who he was, yeah. Um, um, that's a funny conversation they have at breakfast. It's very tense still because... Jim Parsons is, like, sleeping with Peter Sarsgaard's mom, and it's very, like, heated conversation, and Zach Braff's just there. That's an awkward thing to be at, like, your friend's house, and they're having, like, an argument with their own, their parent, and you're like, I don't care how old you are. It's awkward no matter when it happens. You're just like, I'm just trying to live, man. I'm just trying to hang out, like, stay out of it. And then, I love that. That is a funny kicker at the end of the scene, when Jim Parsons is like, it says balls on your forehead, <laughs> and then leaves, like... Walks um, off. Yeah, in his...
0: Yeah, it, it's so funny it's such a odd moment and then and then we kind of get a glimpse of of mark's home life where he's hitting the bong and like uh you know there's cats everywhere and then his mom is is uh sitting on the other side of large and she's you know smoking like crazy and um talking about this like pyramid scheme thing and um and so we we kind of get a feel for mark and that's about all we need to know about mark um and i like that they that that zach braff didn't explore this character anymore um because for me still i think it pays off at the end you know where they go and get the the necklace and they go on this big journey to find this necklace um that mark knows that large uh like there are better things that lie ahead for large men. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mark is, he knows this is where I'm getting, this is where I am. And like, but, but without any sort of judgment, I don't feel like Zach Braff paints Mark, the character in a negative light. He's not judging him in any way. This is just, this is one guy's life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's interesting. Okay. So he goes to the doctor's office and uh the dog fucks his leg and we <laughs> meet natalie portman for the first time That's yes, big moment her uh, weird giggle at like it seems uh, like she initially comes off really fucking insane in this movie
1: yeah 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 <laughs> Like, yeah, not yeah. even manic pixie dream girl like insane <laughs> she's doing like the fast talking thing where she's like asking a bunch of questions like I, I you know i feel like she's like what are you here for where are you going where do you live like who are you like she's and then she does the this is also i feel like a really uh, i'll call indie riffic moment when she puts the she's like you got to hear the song it'll change your life <laughs> change and then puts the life. the new slang by the shin zone which is a great song it's yes. it's it, one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack um but yeah clearly he thought about that one for a while too i feel like and then she puts oh, the yeah. headphones on him and um the song plays it it listen blew me away and a four i was like oh man <laughs> what a moment um it's still, yeah, it's, it's still
0: fine. It's still, it's, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I, I was the same way when I first saw, I was like, oh, that's, that's the dream for a girl to put her headphones on. And you say like, listen to <laughs> yes. this, it'll change your life. And I'm sure that's what Zach Braff was thinking. He's like, this is the dream moment for me.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, and now
0: I watch <laughs> it and I'm like, okay, I roll. It's a great fucking song. Yes, so it yeah. saves the moment, but also I'm looking like at my butthole, my eyes have rolled so far. Um, okay. So then. Um, we go to her house and I agree with you. Like the relationship moves really fast, right? He, he meets her at the doctor's office and he's, he thinks this crazy girl, uh, won't leave me alone. And then he takes her home and meets her mom and the adoptive brother. And like all in the same afternoon. And then they go and bury the hamster It moves very fast.
1: I mean, when at the end, Zach Braff says it's been four days. It's been four days, and they are, like, asking their head over heels in love with each other. I mean, that happens to people. I I get it. The older I get, though, like, the more insane that seems. No offense to anybody listening who's like, I met my wife that way for 10 years. It can happen. But it's like, as this came up in the Discord you mentioned earlier, my big... A deep dark secret is that i was i listen this might shock you that i i got married at like 18 like a loped like an idiot and we whoa, whoa what
0: did <laughs> see i missed all this there was a few missed out that, that, that was when i came in i said what the hell's going on here and then everyone's like, uh, ah. you know, cats and marriage and, and vaginas and stuff. And I was like, I don't <laughs> want to scroll through the 250 messages that I missed. OK, go ahead, Matt. I'm listening.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, I don't want to derail our garden state podcast. But yeah, I I met this person in like the spring of my senior high school. Uh, and we oh, my God, it's hard to even say this out loud because like what ah. the fuck was it? was I doing turned 18 that summer we started dating like right around my birthday so like met her in like April started dating in June some some reason and I got talked into this she was like we should get married in October so from June to October she was like we should go and I was like thinking this I talked to my friend Ken about this recently um we i had very low self-esteem i would say hadn't had a lot of success with women at that point and i thought this is good it's gonna get for me i gotta lock this down now i gotta get (laughs) married it'll never get better um did (laughs) did genuinely love this person but it uh uh think about jesus 18 dating for less than six months and like let's go get married (laughs) So, so <laughs> I'm probably watching guard State going like four days, a little short, but you know, it's probably fine. Um, you know, four months, a little better. Uh, I probably thought four months was taking my time. So yeah, no one knew for a long time. We kept it secret. um, And then had a, Jesus, I'm really spilling the beads now. So then kept it secret from people because, well, she was going to go join the Navy because she really didn't have any other options of things to do, didn't have money for college. And like, she was like, we should get married before I go in the Navy so the benefits lead better and it'll be easier just to be married that way so Uh we (laughs) and we didn't we had a wedding in march two years later or something like we we eloped like october and then got married in like march october 2005 was after i graduated high school and then may like wedding air quotes in march 2007 and we've been married the whole time <laughs> like for our for all intents. and now my whole family knows it's not a secret they all know what we did but they were okay. like oh, just, oh, oh my god your mom <laughs> listens to this does she know anything <laughs> this might be the most interesting episode of film piece ever um so yeah that's the kind of stupid stuff i was doing at 18 thinking i should get married to someone after four months so uh-huh. i get a little alarmed when i see people who are like after four days like i love you i love you i'm like slow it down champ this is going to lead to problems (laughs) like um so i'm much more cautious now people should know i've learned a lot of lessons from what i did and uh it didn't work out obviously like we were like i was like what i was a child i was i had no idea what i was doing um i wanted to hang out my friends like play guitar hero at that time i was not fit to be anyone's husband (laughs) like i was trying to dick around all my friends were like you know act like normal 18 19 20 year olds around the time like they were just like let's just dick around we got you know and i was like no no i'm i'm ma-. it was a weird i it was not the time and uh yeah i mean she also let me be i don't care she's an awful human being <laughs> <I never laughs> she she's ah, awful God. awful person everybody no one liked her um she hated all my friends and family was like don't hang out with this person and that person um terrible human being uh it's just like it's like real mental warfare i went through um so all all for the best but yeah i don't even know so that's all on the table shit yeah yeah but now it feels it's so long ago it feels like a whole different lifetime like i I have no contact with this with her she's long gone don't know where she went thank god we had no children together i have to still talk to her but (laughs) um yeah gone Wow. Sorry to derail the podcast. I don't no, 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 you, no. You had never
0: brought this up on the podcast before.
1: I feel like it's come up. Not what I just all the detail I went into about. Cause it's so embarrassing to be like, how stupid was I at 18 to be like, yeah, I should marry someone for like five months or six months or something. <laughs> like uh, so dumb to be young and in love. That is no, uh, we've all
0: awesome. been there though. We've and, like, we've all probably come pretty fucking close. <laughs> Listen, and I'll be honest with you, uh, Bobby and I, my wife and I, it was like the, the minute we met each other, we became obsessed with each other and we've been together ever since. And like, we didn't get married till
1: two years later. So you were normal and you waited a decent amount. (laughs) But
0: like immediately, like I told her I loved her after a week and like that I want to spend the rest of my life with her. Um, still more than four days. (laughs) <laughs> true no no no. that's true that's true that's true uh yeah i was trying to garden state the whole situation with bobby but luckily mine turned out wow that's good
1: i'm glad yeah yeah wow okay. i just dropped a um, monster on this podcast you want to get back into the soundtrack?
0: yeah soundtrack here we go so they're, oh, they're bearing they're bearing jelly and they have a, a nice oh, yeah, little yeah. and and i it's it's weird how he writes it like he and sam had known each other for more than an hour, two hours, uh-huh. uh, the way he's like, oh, well, actually, that's why I'm home. Uh, he writes it like, oh, I can't believe I haven't told you yet because we've spent all this time together. <laughs> actually, this is probably the the right amount of time you've spent together before you bring it up. Um, and so uh, the the Colin Hay song, I Just Don't Think I'll Ever Get Over You plays over that. Um, and it's a, God, it's such a great song. Colin Hay is one of my favorite songwriters of all time. I love men at work, but I love his solo stuff, especially his solo acoustic stuff, uh, even more. He's so fucking great. Um, and then, uh, we're at the bar, right. And the Mm. Carrie Brothers song, blue eyes plays. And another moment where like, I fucking love where, uh, uh, Peter uh Sarskar walks in and he's like uh Hey vagina and <laughs> and then, and then uh, he's like sorry about the vagina thing and she's like <laughs> it's fine he's like cool let's get fucked up <laughs> and then uh you know they do the whole swimming pool at the rich guy's house and
1: um Which I, but... mean, I like that scene. I like how I like how that he shoots that. I like I do like that whole part. I like I the follow up when they're inside by the giant cavernous room in front of the fireplace like looks, the
0: citizen Kane style fireplace yeah. <laughs> Right,
1: it looks good and then sorry to jump ahead of you no you're I, fine I, please this time i i've all i like all the songs but this time i the song that natalie portman does her little dance which uh-huh. goes better than her first little weird quirky thing she does in her bedroom yeah. but like um they use the remy zero song fair yep. which i was like wait which song? i was like oh yeah i really love this song like um when that kicks in when he plays that i'm like good choice on the song like i really love that song <laughs>
0: i remember in high school my my best friend the the aforementioned friend from high school his brother keith had discovered remy zero like i think they had released their first album he's like you guys got to hear this album and so like that was another band because i'd never i mean i'd heard of i'd I'd heard coldplay but i'd never heard the shins before this Mm -hmm. um uh, i didn't know colin hay i didn't know carrie brothers but i did know remy zero so it's kind of cool hearing another remy zero song and the, this already killer soundtrack that I'm watching, I'm watching the movie and like the music is, is hitting me exactly right. Like he obviously spent a lot of time. He's like, these are the songs that have to be in this movie. And uh, so it was, it was cool hearing another band that I did know in this soundtrack. Um, and then w- when is the Nick
1: Drake song? Aren't they, aren't they driving? Yeah, they're, 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 I think, he uh, picks up Peter Sarsgaard, and they're like they're the going to go on the guard. little scavenger hunt. So I think it's him yeah. and Ellie Portman, and Peter Sarsgaard, and I think that's when it plays when they're just driving slow motion. Yeah,
0: it's it's a fun quirky little song, and I I do love Nick Drake, another great. song. I really song. like that
1: song. Yeah, I don't know how you can't speak for any Drake songs, but I like that song. And I like uh, where it's used you to would for. know another Nick Drake
0: song. It's called uh, uh, Pink. Is it Pink? I can't. Fuck, I can't even remember now. It was it was the Volkswagen theme song on their commercials for years and years and years. Oh okay. Yeah, it's a it's a quirky little very Nick Drake song, but like it fits, you know, the motorcycle with the sidecar and Peter's Peter Sarsgaard sitting in there with his leg (laughs) hanging out like it Uh fits really, really well. And again, I get what you're saying about Zach Braff sort of inserting certain moments in this movie to almost fill it out or or just like, oh, wouldn't this be funny to have this be, you know on film well let's just Mm -hmm. put it in this movie and and uh, some things in this movie do it's like why the fuck is this in here one of them being (laughs) when they go to meet method man well actually yes
1: this uh, sorry
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) no before okay at the hardware store real quick uh with um uh fuck what is that guy's name
1: he was in uh Oh fuck! Uh, Super Troopers, right? He's one of the guys in the car. Yes, beginning.
0: and he was also—he's also recently divorced from somebody. I think
1: he was married to Christina Hendricks of all people. There we go, Christina. And Hendricks. I was always right. like, "What? What is this couple?" Um, yes. What
0: the fuck is his name?
1: Where is he in the cast list? Um. Oh, Jeffrey Arend. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> He was one of the guys, the super troopers, he gets pulled over yep, and they, yep. they're fucking with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Je-
0: Je- yeah. Jeffrey Arend. Um, Yeah. Very, very funny uh, moment. But also. I I understand the need for that. Pierce Sarsgaard has to get the vibes to return yeah. to get the $40. But again, we get the $40 to get the nitrous <laughs> to go to
1: Method Man, which in a hotel are... which has a bunch of like people, People's, that part is... was really weird for me, especially having to see with my sister. It's like the one part of the movie where you don't want to watch it with your sister, <laughs> like, um, the weirdly out of nowhere, like really sexual part. And you're like, what? And it's like, it's a very weird tangent. The knife store, not knife store, the department store, he gets knives. That part's funny to me. I think Jeffrey uh, Arendt is very funny in how he delivers his lines when he's yes. like trying to re- remember his spiel for his like yep. pyramid scheme. He's like, <laughs> have you thought of, uh, you know, investing in but blah, blah. Like he's just trying like a robot trying to remember his lines. Um, so that all works. But yeah, the thing has always been weird to me. Although I do laugh. when, when oh, who saw some titties? Yeah. <laughs> man man's like, who saw some titties? And it's like, and they both don't want to really raise their hands. Like Natalie Portman and Jack Braff are like, yeah.
0: but yeah, when Natalie Portman does like, that, like, that's what really kills me. It's like, I, he's not lying. You saw some titties. What? Well, we you know, it's saw true. Him, yeah. Nobody is, wanted to, but you still saw them.
1: <laughs> great delivery of that line. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, the hand raising is, yeah. But uh, it's weird. <laughs> like, they have to go to
0: this, like, sexual predator, right? Essentially, he he's a sexual predator to get the directions of, like, to know that they have the to go to is? the quarry. Like, yeah. it's really, uh, it, it just does not make any sense. <laughs> Um, even though the titties line, yes, it's funny, but I think that was probably all the people shit Zach Braff in his head. He's like, wouldn't it be funny if like somebody's like here, who saw, or who here saw some titties and everybody like reluctantly raises their hand. He's like, wouldn't that be funny?
1: Yeah. How do I get back from that? How do I
0: get that (laughs) right? Shoehorn into, okay, we're going to have people's, we're going to have a bunch of really disgusting, like heavy breathing dudes in the walls of a hotel watching people have sex. It's like,
1: what? Right. It's no. yeah, this is like every idea he had put into a script. And he's going to put it all in the movie. And you know what? I mean, that's a first post. Evil's first movies are like, I got to get it because you only can make a second one. So you got to get all my shit in there. Yeah. No, yeah. um, and I do like the song. The song is very different. They, they walk in the hotel that uh, Thievery Corporation song, Lebanese Blonde. Oh, which is love Thievery Corporation. From the rest of the soundtrack. I mean, Remy Zero and what's the other one? It's kind of like. Harry
0: Brothers. The Carrie Brothers one. Oh, I was
1: thinking the Zero 07 song, like kind of more like, because a lot of the songs I think of are like acoustic. Or, no, I guess it's half sure. and half, like kind of, but this is like a weird kind of. All, it's, like all yeah. Yeah, it's like
0: all electronic. Yeah, it's like lo-fi, sort of loungy. Loun- uh, yes,
1: I think lounge music is, yeah. yeah like, and
0: I, I, which I love. I have a bunch of Thievery Corporation CDs. Um and, cool and song. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool song. And I think, again, it's one of those moments where Zach brass like, what if we have people walking in like you you barely see them you see mostly the silhouette slow motion backlit and you have this you know Mm -hmm. a lot of these moments i think he probably started with the song first
1: yeah and built
0: from the song right and i think it's one of those moments it's a pretty cool moment it matches again
1: (laughs) that's a good slow motion walking
0: song it's really cool and then these sort of, like, these, these jump uh, d- jump cuts that he does um, are are really interesting and fits the moment, fits the song. But then we get up to the peepholes, and it's like, what the fuck is this? Right. Yes. What does weird. this have to do with anything? And it was yeah. that moment, the first time I'm watching this with Jamie, where she was like, uh-huh. eh. and I was like, Zach Braff, you're ruining my chances with this girl. Damn you, Zach Braff.
1: um i should watch the tv edit of this movie uh
0: okay so then um they're headed out to the quarry and are they playing the only living boy oh it's after the after dennis o'hare and they're playing the simon and garfield which is a great Um, song great song it, it, it is a great song have you seen the movie named after the song
1: I have not, no.
0: it Don't watch it. It's okay. really <laughs> bad.
1: It's really it, bad. This part with the quarry is maybe the part that I think of the most, like, is the most, like, quirky, indie riffic thing in the whole movie with, like, the line about... I'm sorry, I feel bad. I no, you're alive. fine. You're fine. It's, it feels like it's something that's so profound when you're younger. Yeah. And I'm like, does it... I, please don't take offenses. I'm like, does it really mean anything? I guess it can mean anything to anybody. I guess it's almost like a malleable line. It's like, it sounds profound. It could be, I guess. And then the whole screaming of the sinkhole thing over the, it's like, just feel like we're screaming into the abyss. Like, I, yeah,
0: I, I don't, I don't love that. Like, I like Zach Braff doing it, but then like when they join him and do it again, it's like, eh, yeah. And eh, then I,
1: I get, know. I feel so awkward. Peter Sarsgaard in that scene because they, they Natalie Portman and yeah. Rap kids and he's still in the frame. And I feel like he just looks like, eh, I'm, he doesn't do anything. He's just kind of like, I'm here yeah, now. Like
0: I'm stuck last night. I always thought that he was looking at them, but last night I noticed he's looking past <laughs> like he's looking in front of be. them. But yeah. It's, it's <laughs> awkward. It's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? And not as like as his character, like, Oh, what am I supposed to do with these two people? Like as Andrew, <laughs> um, uh, Scars Guard, like Scars Guard or Sar Peter, Sar- Sars Guard, yeah, Sars Peter, Skar- S- Sars Guard, like so awkward, like Zach, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? This is not, and so,
1: <laughs> yeah, again, that's one of those moments where, like,
0: yeah. Zach, maybe Mark should have stayed down and, like, you scream, and then Sam comes up and joins you, and you just kiss,
1: or like, the- you know. yeah, I mean, or push in closer. So he's not constantly and he never leaves the frame. I'm pretty sure it's weird. Yeah. It's like or just like edit tighter on you and Natalie Portman. It's a very right. that's always bothered me. I think for a lot of like, why is he in the it's so awkward for that. It'd be awkward in real life if you are saying two people, this kiss I over. <laughs> and then in the movie, it's weird. So I don't know. One of those little things is kind of like, well, that was a weird choice, Zach Braff. But again, first time director. Who knows um, trying to
0: get everything in just in case this is the one. Yeah, the one time <laughs> Um, I do, you know it's very it does seem a little out of place the whole dennis o'hare scene again i love dennis o'hare he is so great uh, especially in a lot of the american horror story stuff um and i like a lot of the stuff he says but again it's like this doesn't really mean why does he have the necklace
1: yeah i have a question why the fuck does he have the neck <laughs> no if i've ever gotten that question answered um did it just uh, did it just wind up with him through some other means like we don't know about like i it, it's almost one of those things where it's like it doesn't matter that point he got it back but it is like it's a good question because i don't know where you got the necklace from but um
0: you know i i yeah. sort you know i do like the because andrew gets largeman gets frustrated with mark a lot like what the fuck are we doing this is my last day i was supposed to spend it with sam and you're dragging me around now it's raining and like what are we doing i do like that that mark is sort of uh, doing the scavenger hunt thing (laughs) Uh but it doesn't really make any sense like have the scavenger hunt but i i feel like he could have had it made sense again I don't know how to fucking write a movie or make a movie. To, don't <laughs> listen to me. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it does not make sense. But that line got 40 year old Anthony last night. Albert. I'll say one of exploring the things the infinite abyss. Oh
1: yeah. One of the things that kind of makes me cringe a little bit, the way Zach Braff delivers this line about, I think it's when it gets to the quarry and he, he gets mad at, at Mark for dragging them around. And he's like, it's like, she, Sam shouldn't be here. She's a nice girl. Like, it almost screams like, oh, I'm a white knight, nice guy type yes, thing. And yes. I'm like, oh, no, I'm having flashbacks to high school me. No, stop. And yeah. I do, Natalie Portman's like, I don't need, I can't what she says, but she's like. No, she says, do he, he, he's protecting me. Well, I thought she had something before that where she was like. Oh, I think calls her an innocent girl and she's oh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm not innocent. In, right? Yeah. yeah. But then she does she does seem to like though that also that he he's protecting uh, her, protecting right. her. It's like oh he's protecting which is good delivery in Natalie Portman's part. Uh, yes, it's like Agreed. she yeah, listen, very that's cute. That's how I know Natalie Portman's a great actress because she does great in this. He's great in this movie still. And I think some of the material that she's left with is not always the best or could be played a, the wrong way, but she's so endearing that it's like um that I think it works and she must have loved the script. Cause I was thinking like, damn, Natalie Portman was in a pretty good place in 2004. It's not like she's in a bad place now, but she's doing middle of star Wars movies. Like she must've been busy. You know what I mean? Like she must've really, I don't know. They were friends, her and Zach Braff, but like um watching this now. I'm like, I'm almost surprised that she even did the movie. Cause it's a small indie movie Um, in the middle of all these other things. She's doing closer has a big cast. I don't know how big a movie it was, but like same year. Well, um, yeah,
0: well, she wins the Oscar for that, I believe. Oh God,
1: I forgot about that. You yeah. know, um, um
0: yeah, so, yeah, I. But like, how, how can you hate Natalie Portman? I think, um, <laughs> my my brother's partner hates Natalie Portman, and I'm like, well, Andy, you need to leave that person immediately. Why how could anyone hate Natalie Portman? Yeah, um, I
1: can't I, I don't get it. I don't get I, it. Yeah,
0: I, how can you not like? But. She's super cute, but like she also just seems incredibly nice. Right. Yeah. Right in real life, right?
1: Um, Went to Harvard, right? Or Yale. Yeah, she yeah she's
0: fucking brilliant. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. She's um, all around great. Uh yeah. so yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so they uh drop Mark back off and then they're saying goodbye. Um, and it's uh the Iron and Wine. And this this was really strange mm-hmm. covering such great heights from yes. the postal service, service which had just released that album right. i mean obviously sam beam and and uh uh benjamin whatever the fuck his name is from, from death cab um were friends but i, I thought that was kind of cool like postal service just released this album mm-hmm. and iron and wine is covering such great heights and last night bobby was like oh god i didn't think this song could get any more depressing <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And it is, it's It's very slow.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty snappy in the Postal Service version. Like, it's like this boppy electronic thing. I I didn't know this for years, this was a cover. And then I was like, wait, it's a cover of like an electronic song that's like came out almost the same time. I'm like, that's weird. And I really like both. I didn't think I could like the original because I heard the cover so much. But I like both. They're very different uh yeah. listening experiences, <laughs> but I do I love the Iron and Wine song the uh, such great heights. I do that may be Dude. my I it's a tough call. Maybe my second favorite song on the soundtrack. We're gonna get oh. to my favorite. Yeah right.
0: We'll, yeah we'll we'll get to uh, get to the <laughs> rankings of all 12 songs here. No, oh, okay.
1: But, but our favorites <laughs> I can do top um, three.
0: <laughs> I, I do love I do love Iron and Wine and I think this was the first it was either either this or like the OC soundtracks. Um, when they started coming out with those like volume one, volume two, um, I discovered so much great music from those. So, and I know iron and wine was on those. So I don't know if I discovered it before it was around this time, uh, love iron and wine. And then I think the, the most perfectly placed song, all these songs are perfectly placed, but the most perfectly placed (laughs) song is the frou-frou song. Like it makes, so much sense here like it's that sort of driving um song i you know it's just it's so great i when i was walking emma before here i was listening to the garden state soundtrack and this comes on like it makes me want to fucking like punch the air and run and it's (laughs) such a such a good song but having it be in this moment in the movie Mm -hmm. makes it even more powerful i feel like and
1: it starts up a little bit. Like he starts to wind up the song, it starts yep. playing, right? And then he gets on the plane, it stops, and then it comes back to end the movie. And I was like, mm, Chef's oh. Kiss. And I, I was like, perfect ending. Cause uh, this was, this is my number one favorite song in the soundtrack with a bullet, because this oh, was a song that was in the trailer and sold me on the movie. And I, I never get tired of the song. I, it's got, it's a weird song. Cause I don't know how to even classify it. Like it's electronic, but almost like a ballad but it's got this, like, driving part to it. It's got all these different parts to it. Like, I'm not a music guy, so I'm bad at describing this kind of stuff, but it's got this... It's such a unique-sounding song to me. Um, uh, I've always loved it. It has this weird, like, magical quality to me. Like, I just can't... It just seems like a song you play when you're, like driving at night with someone you're like falling in love with almost it's like one of those oh, songs.
0: Like, oh my god um, do you know how many times i drove around <laughs> like at night brooding as a single yes. guy uh oh, driving Anthony, around omaha same. listening yeah. <laughs> yeah we've all fuck, man we've all done that so oh
1: man we're so I'm, i feel like i'm really bonding with you more than ever yeah this is like a, <laughs> this is one of yes! my go-to night driving songs like oh, for any yeah. any mood I, it's like it could be a sad thing could be happy i it, i love this song so much it's so well and it's funny because so i seen the trailer me and my sister both were kind of sold off. Like, what is that song? Cause this was like, we probably could have looked it up. I don't know. We, we didn't know what it was. We were like, yeah. what is that song? And we were waiting the whole movie to hear it. We were like, when it came on, it was almost like a cheering moment. We we're like, that's the song we've been waiting for the whole movie. <laughs> like he made us wait an hour and a half to hear the song, but like, that's it. Um, And then we went and bought the soundtrack, but um, yeah, I love let go. I'd still love that song. So
0: it's- good. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I don't understand. I it must be Imogene He teaming up with this producer because I mean a yeah. lot of all her solo stuff sounds like frou-frou too. But you know, her her big thing is the the voice, the vocal looping. Um, and it's inc- like the shit she does is absolutely incredible. Uh and this this whole album. So I I get this soundtrack and I went and bought all the other CDs of all these oh, artists. Wow. Because it's 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 my all-time favorite soundtrack and like every song is is a banger we'll get to bonnie somerville here in a second and and then i went and bought the albums i'm like fuck like most of the songs on these albums are great too so great um and and then the bonnie somerville thing it's a good song uh i like her she's got a good voice uh the, the lyrics are fitting and you know the sort of style of music fits in with the soundtrack but i think zach braff was just throwing his girlfriend a bone here
1: <laughs> yeah I, I mean i have to agree it's like to me it's like the forgotten song in the soundtrack because well, it plays, it's, it's just over like place at the end of the well, credits let go end of the going. credits yeah yeah not yeah getting at the credits let go gets the first part of the credits, and then this <laughs> song comes along. i think even when i was younger I'll my sister. I, I think we would skip the song. I, I think we just had no, because there was nothing in the movie that was attaching it to us. And it was like, everything else had a moment in the movie. And yeah, this is just like, it plays at the end of the credits. It's like, eh. and not my favorite. You're probably right. Techcraft was like, I'll put your song on the soundtrack. And then places it at the tail end of the credits. I wonder if she was pissed. Like, really? The tail end of the credits?
0: Well, they're not together anymore, Matt. So oh, yeah. maybe
1: she was like, no, fuck this. We're done. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> Zach. Oh, but I, you know, I would say we want to rank them. What no, like no, was my favorite song?
0: Yep. Same here.
1: Then I would say such great heights. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> then I maybe new slang, but when I just heard fair the other day, again, Zemo, I was like, maybe that's my third favorite. Um, There's no bad song on there's this. There's really summer. no bad. There's no skippers like except for poor Bonnie Somerville, but that was more just <laughs> like, I have no attachment <laughs> to the song. But I would not skip any of their songs. I really... It's a great soundtrack. It's so good.
0: Yeah, I I think I'd go Let Go, number one. Don't Panic, number two. Um, And again, these are all tied to the moments that, like, forever these songs are going to be... Whenever I hear them, even when I'm just listening to, like, the Froofre album, I'm going to recall the moment in Garden State. So Let Go, Don't Panic, and... Oh, fuck, yeah, maybe... Probably caring is creepy. No, uh,
1: yeah,
0: that's. All, all, yeah, I mean, again, you can't go wrong. <laughs> no, fuck that. Not caring. No, I'm gonna go in the waiting line. Again, oh, yeah, it's yeah. it's the perfect song for for that moment in the in the movie. Um, but yeah, you know, I I think it's okay <laughs> to admit that we're all adults and we still love this movie. Yeah, Matt yeah. admit it, it's a five star. It's a ten out of ten. No, I don't I don't, don't want to make
1: it <laughs> <laughs> y'all go back and watch it again and be like, he was right. 10 out of 10. Soundtrack. <laughs> soundtrack still 10 out of 10. Oh god, um, yes. Movie I have some issues with, but I it, it's super watchable. Um that probably goes back to seeing it so many times. I don't know. Yeah. Um uh but I it was it was a pleasure to rewatch. I really was like fine to rewatch it. Uh I was like Sometimes I have to rewatch stuff, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I almost like, do I need to rewatch it? I've seen it so many times. But then I put it on, and I was like, it just, I let it just wash over when, me. Was yeah, like, exactly. Why not? Like Why taking not? A warm blanket out of the dryer and just wrapping yourself oh, up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's exactly. Like, this is great. Oh.
0: To, to be honest, Matt, I was like, God, he has me on, and I make him talk about like the most unfilm feast movies ever. I feel like. I don't know uh, I have- like with with, with yeah. habit you well, know yeah <laughs> sort of this this dark depressing you know horror quote-unquote horror movie garden state is you know this sort of brooding young man's movie um, <laughs> but i appreciate it and you know shit we thought you know maybe if we can go for an hour and a half we'll do it we've matt we've been talking for much longer yeah, than that. two hours
1: <laughs> i mean this is that's film feast uh also you know i was gonna say i don't know if film feast has a type of movie but then i just literally made like a joke film feast hall of fame that had like miami vice and man on fire and, right yeah so, so there is a certain type of movie that i think we gravitate to but garden state had been on my short list for a very long time guess i started the podcast i was like i got to talk about garden state because it means a lot to me it has always meant a lot to me yeah I think it was a conversation. We had a great conversation about like what it meant to us, what it still means to us. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What I'll say about it because yeah, I did. It's more, it's so tied to the feelings I had for when I first saw it and how important it was to me of like, you know, Oh, he made a movie for, uh, you know, I don't know, a million, five or what $2 million or made it for. I was like, that's, that's doable. <laughs> and like it wasn't some crazy complicated movie. It was like a slice of life. Quirky indie movie that seemed feasible. Kind of forgot he was a television star. That probably helped get him to make the movie. Yeah, but yeah, right. um this was the kind of stuff I was really getting into in Desert 4. I was like, oh my god, I could be an independent filmmaker and make something like that. Cause, you know, it seems attainable. Um he I wonder if Zach Braff looks back and Guard satan and is like, some of the stuff he's so cringy at cringy, like, yeah. Because there's stuff I wrote when I was a kid that i was like oh i'm glad no one ever saw this but his stuff's on film so i yeah I think you it know mostly it works yeah but
0: it, it was so the only other uh i watched his short so one of my goals for the year is to watch a short uh under 15 minutes a short film uh one a day and uh he directed one with his uh, recently ex-girlfriend
1: flo oh, Pew. yeah
0: and it's called what's it called in the time it takes to get here it's uh really strange very funny Florence Pugh cannot do any wrong in in my eyes uh also she's she's not ugly uh which <laughs> no, which helps uh yeah. but like Alicia Silverstone is in there um but oh and uh fucking uh Leslie David Baker from the office it's really it's really quirky um it's only 10 minutes long and what's adobe creative suite had put out this prompt for its users to come up with a movie poster of a movie that has not been made Mm -hmm. and then we're going to make the movie based on the poster oh and so this person created this poster. You can look at it on letterbox. The poster is very strange, it has a pair of scissors, a notebook, a candle, a telephone, an apple, uh, eat an apple and a pencil. And it just says in the time it takes to get here. And you're like, what the fuck? And you watch the movie and you're like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? But it's very funny. Um, and again, like Zach Braff, he's a good fucking director. Mm-hmm. he's a good director like this shows you could even in this 10 minute short film that he did last year two years ago um you can see the growth in him and i i never saw going in style because that does not look like my oh of, yeah I forgot looks like that, he has though. a movie coming out this year called a good person with florence Pugh and morgan freeman oh which <laughs> i will definitely be watching
1: did you ever see uh wish i was here to direct that I, yeah. yeah,
0: he directed that. I never saw that, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it seemed like another Zach Braff movie. It, it's like Garden State 10 years later. Mm-hmm. It seemed like. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the movie that came out after Garden State was, it's called The Last Kiss.
1: I was going to ask you about this movie. I, <laughs> okay, for some reason I was fooled. I, I swear to God, they, I I think they lead into making you think this was, Zach Braff's follow-up to Garden State because I felt yeah. like the marketing was like that he was directing it, but he didn't direct it. Another actor turned director, Tony Goldwyn, of all people, directed Last Kiss. I I forgot this whole thing. I was going to ask you, like, oh, you see Zach Braff's follow-up, Last Kiss? I was like, oh, right. He didn't actually direct Last Kiss, but I felt like they tried to make you think he directed Last Kiss, but he, and even the one guy who played the cop, Michael Weston, shows up in Last Kiss. Oh, yeah. Um, West, I think Last Kiss was a like, a fucking disaster if i remember right i feel like i uh, <laughs> like i i don't know i had i i saw it. it
0: i saw yeah. it when it came out um and i really liked it but i don't think it's gonna <laughs> age with uh with me like garden state mm-hmm. does um but yeah like the soundtrack is very garden state ish right because like there's phoenix on there and there's snow patrol and that's, like a lot yeah, of these yeah, the sort of music, like, you know, yeah, the indie pop bands right
1: that had a good trailer too they used a snow patrol song
0: yeah exactly oh, that's uh <laughs> chocolate or was oh, it Oh, chocolate that's right yeah chocolate yeah. um uh but yeah it's <laughs> the movie i didn't want to watch it because i have such a fond memory of it in my head <laughs> and i know um, it ain't gonna hold up because he's a piece of shit. like he's yes. he on his wife <laughs> and then like it's uh, like and then it turns into I don't know if you ever saw that movie 8 Days a Week uh where he like camps out on his like his porch and he's like let me in I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm not going to leave until you uh, let me in it's like oh
1: that's oh, not that's that's, yeah.
0: that's that's toxic behavior well at least
1: he can't blame him for the script or the directing cuz yeah he didn't have anything to do with that he just stars in it and he i guess just maybe the soundtrack maybe got any help but yeah i saw this in the theater because we were so excited because again we were fooled <laughs> i guess i did no research and thought he directed and wrote this follow-up to garden state uh and i i thought it was a disaster even at the time i was probably 20 to yeah or 19 and i thought what well, you're a piece of shit. this was like some 30 year old guy who's like him and all his friends are like lost 30 year olds and they don't really have any like real problems I mean, he has this girlfriend that he's engaged to i think or they got married yet i can't remember but she does nothing wrong she's a uh, seems like a nice woman a beautiful woman and he's just like well i want to go fuck a college co-ed like fuck right. you like yeah. like you're a piece of shit like there's no because it's the excuse is like oh my life's too boring and predictable what like <laughs> i'm sorry that your boring life with your nice beautiful wife is too boring for you and you've got to go uh, sleep with a college girl like it just,
0: join a bowling league fuck i don't know
1: take a <laughs> start a <meeting>. podcast <laughs> yeah start a podcast you're a white guy an- start a podcast <laughs> i know it was pre-pod well i got on podcast started but it was early podcast days but yeah. and then like yeah all his friends it's and then there's a whole subplot with uh they throw in with tom wilkinson and Blythe Danner. Oh my who, God. Okay. Jesus Christ. I think yeah, yes. her parents and they're happy. Blyth Danner like leaves Tom Wilkinson yeah for no good reason. She's like, I'm bored with you. <laughs> Just like, um, everybody's awful. Yeah, he camps out. I remember people like in the audience, like, I think it's the end. Sorry to spoil the last kiss, but I think because Zach Raff camps out on the doorstep of the house and finally she lets him in or something. That's the last shot of the movie. And I yeah. feel like we we're all like, Yeah, she let him in, but I'm like, now I'm thinking back, like we should have cheered that like, We like she shouldn't have let him in. Like, what a piece of shit. Like, yeah. Oh God. I I'm, i that movie it makes me so angry to even think about. So oh yeah. I'm, I'm glad you saw that because I was gonna bring that up. And yeah, I don't think I ever want to see it again. So who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, I man, I don't think it should be. I I should I don't think I should watch it again. No,
1: let it live in your memories. I'm we're yeah. doing a big Spielberg thing soon, and I was I thought about rewatching Hook. And I'm like, I should let Hook just like live in my childhood memories where it is great and nothing's wrong with it. And I don't want to see it through my 35 year old. It's like, like, just let it live. It, it, it's great memory. Um, I don't know how it's going to hold up. It might hold up fine. But why even test it? You know, why even push it? <laughs> like,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hook is one. I can't believe it. we haven't shown Hook to the boys yet. That seems like a movie they would totally be into. Of yeah, course, you probably. know I watched Hard Boil, Hard Boiled, and then came home and showed showed my five year old and my ten year old the hospital scene.
1: That's just good parenting. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, uh, you know, it, maybe Hook is they're they're a little beyond Hook at this point. Yeah, they have seen Hard <laughs> They're
1: going to be like, we watch bold in the Head next. <laughs> I need two and a half hours of. Sad deer hunter esque drama like we're going through we
0: uh started doing the Mission Impossible series because if I'm watching 2023 20, movies, uh there's a lot of sequels yep. coming out this year, and I haven't watched any of the Scream movies but the first one. I haven't seen any Mission Impossibles but the first one. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of catching up to do. And I figured fuck, let's go through the Mission Impossible series. And so we watched the first one, and Evan, my 10 year old, was like on the edge of his seat the whole time. I'm like, yes, good. You're into it,
1: love it. And bonus, Mission Impossible Two, directed by John Woo. John Woo, I know. T- there you go. Two uh, goals in 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 one. <laughs> in yeah, one beautiful. I, listen, let me know what your son thinks of Mission Impossible Two because that movie kicked my ass when I was like 13 when it came out. It was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, and I I think that's a good series to go with. For you. I don't think there's a bad one in the bunch. Honestly, I think uh, there's like I think three maybe the weakest one, but it has a pretty amazing villain performance by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. Um, I feel like family guy like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, It's like uh, he he's probably the star of that show. It's a a fine movie. But then they get into this almost like it's almost like a a pivot point for the series. Right. Then four, five and six, I feel like are much more of a piece, the three of them. But they're all great for Ghost Protocol. My favorite mission possible.
0: Is that when McCoy comes in and teams up with Cruz and they start doing all the crazy stunts and shit? That's not McQuarrie. That's
1: actually Brad Bird, of all people. Brad Bird? Incredibles yes. Brad Bird? <laughs> it is. And uh, Tomorrowland's Brad Bird, a movie I think is not the um, He does some great stuff in, Mission, in Ghost in Ghost Protocol is great because, like, the ones right after it, I feel like, are a little more serious, a little darker. I okay. think Ghost Protocol still is, like, it has this, like, extra sense of, like, fun to it that I really okay. enjoy. Amazing set pieces. That's when Tom Cruise climbs the tower, I believe it's in Dubai. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That amazing, amazing sequence. Like, um, it's a really talk about movie that just like fucking moves. Like, it's like Sweet. one set piece after another. They do one set in like Russia. I think they go to. It's a. I just love that one. The other, the other two are great. Right after, but I think four is just a little more like playful. Um, and the other ones get a little more serious, but they're still great. Okay. I yeah. that series is great. Um Sweet. So I keep me updated. I like,
0: Yeah, we're going to very... do that and then and then and then uh we're going to go through the Indiana Jones series, which I've seen the first three. I haven't seen uh Crystal Skull, but uh, you know, the first three of course are fucking great. Yes, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so and but they the boys have never seen any of those and I, I have to assume they're going to love those as well. As I hope so. Another be, Indiana Jones the point. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh that, yeah, Uh, g- good stuff coming up on family movie nights for us.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm excited for you guys. It's like, <laughs> it like, if I lived anywhere near you, be like, I'm popping in for some of these. It's like, cratchy family movie night. Oh, um, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, exciting. You,
0: you, you come for the next family movie night. We're going to watch The Last
1: Kiss. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Your kids are like, why such a piece of shit, daddy? He's got everything going for him. <laughs> like, what's, what problems does he have? He's a successful white <laughs> male with a beautiful wife and a lot in a good family and friends but he's sad because his life is boring oh i'm so mad thinking about last kiss now. <laughs> so mad
0: paul haggis oh. wrote
1: the last kiss
0: are you what? fucking kidding me <laughs> you're fucking kidding me ow crashes paul haggis
1: oh well okay it actually makes more sense <laughs> i mean it makes
0: sense but jesus christ
1: oh god
0: i <laughs> okay. can't end on that note garden state it's yeah, it's
1: fun you know what it's i'm crazy. gonna do watch the trailer for last kiss and remind myself of the promise of that movie yes there you go And listen good, to the remember, soundtrack yeah it's a good trailer um yeah garden state's great i was gonna say oh the stuff you're watching has me excited too like um i can't remember what i was gonna say but yeah um i don't know you got lots of good stuff to watch oh i know what i was gonna say it's funny because the other day i felt like i thought to myself why do I watch so many new movies? There's so many great older movies to watch. <laughs> and I I I probably won't pull back on watching new movies, but I just I just there's so many great older movies to to watch. I'm like, I should really push to watch even like just older stuff in general. And um yeah, so I feel like I'm going the other way from you. Like I'm you're coming. Well, uh, yeah, to... <laughs> that's
0: good. I mean, you know, one of my other goals is to watch a bunch of Geraldine Chaplin movies. And she did a bunch of movies in the sixties and seventies with her husband uh these Spanish movies uh, her husband's uh ex-husband's name is Carlos Sora and they did these like weird sort of uh dramatic thrillers um that also fit into another goal of mine to to watch way more foreign films than I have in the past because they're all from Spain um and so I watched I watched one yesterday And, um, you know, it was great. Good. And Geraldine Chaplin is fucking brilliant. So, uh, I'm still going to be watching a bunch of older movies, but, uh, man, I need some new shit in my diet. And like after (laughs) watching, you know, like ambulance, and then we watched pale blue eyes, which was, we really enjoyed, um, and then you know the menu which came out last year but still i'm like god fuck, man i missed a lot of good shit here <laughs> so.
1: yeah i think the key is balance i think the key no are- <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah because there's a lot of good stuff still being made it's just it's there's just a lot of it it's hard to wade through the streaming stuff drops out of nowhere you still have stuff right. going in theaters it's like who can keep up and plus trying to watch right. old movies it's like oh my god it's overwhelming <laughs> exactly <laughs> but, uh, yeah, right but yeah i don't know i I liked how we went through this because I think going through the soundtrack of Garden State was a good way to... The soundtrack, yeah, that helped. Yeah. That was a good way to go through the movie. A movie, I, again, still really have a soft spot for, place in my heart for Garden State, even though I think it has some flaws. But I don't hate it. I'm glad you still love it as much as you do. I'm glad this was not... I'm glad somebody wasn't here who was like, this is terrible, cut it all down, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, um, (laughs) they don't need that. I mean, if you feel that way, it's fine. But, you know, it's like... Garden State's getting picked on enough for the past decade. It's like... Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. it's like it's fine it's fine it's a good it's a good movie great soundtrack um it's actually a masterpiece
0: but we'll just move past that man <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: if you haven't seen it i think still worth watching i'd love to hear from some people uh i don't know if they've seen it or not like younger people than us like daniel oh Preston, yeah oh yeah if, good if point they, if they didn't if it didn't if you didn't see it when it came out, I'd love to hear someone's thoughts on it, watching it fresh in 2023. Sure. Like, that would be fascinating. I can, op- that gave me like a crisis when I realized this movie will be 20 next year because I was like, <gasps> I don't, <laughs> I know. I, oh went through my God. This, I went through this Jesus. the other day, Anthony. I'm like, no, no, I'm frozen in time. I'm still a young man. This movie still came out just oh. a couple years ago. I, I, and like,
0: the, oh, I, I wake up every morning, and I can barely move. So my body reminds me, no, nope, you're a 40 year old man oh oh
1: man sad (laughs) i don't don't (laughs) like this movie being this old i I do not like it i was like it really set me for a loop i felt like i was just walking in the house just like ah like 20 years jesus yeah that's a long time it's a long time uh so anyway (laughs) uh we gotta i don't know anyway i was like that's a bad note to end on but i feel like we have to end but um i'm excited for you to watch new movies this year can't wait to hear about it um and garden state's still pretty good so go watch it and definitely listen to the soundtrack if anything go to spotify they are missing one song on spotify which is the colin Hayes song you can't do oh, it weird that's yeah, a really good song too the last time it was blanked out it was weird i was like why is yeah. it here um huh. but anyway good stuff uh so and i dropped a huge bombshell about my personal life so what an episode <laughs> this is this has what everything. an
0: episode wow. what an
1: episode this has everything um yeah, well, Anthony, why do you tell people where they can follow you, what you have going on, all that stuff.
0: Uh, you can follow the Cult Movies Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at A.K. Donley. That's A-K-D-O-N-E-L-L-Y. Then every Friday, head over to FThisMovie.com and you can uh, read my column. You should go to FThisMovie.com every day anyways to read everybody's stuff, but my stuff comes out Every Friday, I have a column called Notes on Film, where I sort of process whatever I've been thinking about lately and sort of uh, talk about a few of the films I watched in the past week. Um, and yeah, the podcast will be back in, oh, new episodes will probably drop in March, February. I don't know. In a
1: while. <laughs> You're like, hey, whatever. <laughs> uh, I think I'll be there for that, right? Because uh, I don't uh, want to spoil it. First episode. Know. Oh, okay, Yeah. I- I didn't want to spill the beans absolutely uh, i'm making Great it episode. hell or high water this time i'm still upset i missed once upon time in the west <laughs> kick myself every day um i'm ready i'm ready for the next one so good. um good, good. all right good stuff and uh for our stuff um uh you can follow the podcast on twitter at film feast pod you can follow me on twitter at Blood 87 uh you can follow me and the podcast on instagram film feast all one word um I can actually tease what's happening next week on the show because I actually know for a change. <laughs> I'll, I will say uh, Carmelita will be back. Uh, everyone's everyone's favorite, Carmelita will be back. And we're doing, a shot, unplanned, another Natalie Portman movie. That's all I'll say. Another Natalie Portman. Very different. A very different Natalie Portman movie from, from this one. So, yes. I
0: believe it. Let's see. Is it... Um, um... <laughs> No, nope, I'm not going to say it on air. We're okay. gonna I,
1: I will tell you as soon as I stop recording. But, no, no, uh... I'm, I'm
0: going to guess when we stop recording. <laughs> okay, okay,
1: all right. <laughs> all right, well, uh, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.